Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Yet another edition. I know they're not that often, but hey, they're fun when they happen. It is the Attitude of Aggression Wrestling Podcast, the return of the show. And of course, we are returning for a very worthy cause and a good reason. It is the most wonderful time of the year here on the podcast because it is time for the eighth consecutive year. Eight years. Shocking. Stunning. I I can't believe it's been eight years, but... It's time for the 8th Annual Swaggy Awards, the Attitude of Aggression's annual professional wrestling award show. Oh, such fun. It's always a good time every year. And uh, you're going to hear the Swaggies coming up in just a few minutes here. Um, but wow, um, man, it was, a, it was a good time. We recorded this a couple days ago. And um, yeah, great panel of guys got together this year. Some, you know, old standbys. I mean, as old school as it gets, as far as this podcast is concerned, some newer guys and then a brand newbie to the show. So uh, before we get to it, the panel this year was, of course, PC Tunney, who's been around since I think he said 2017. So he's been around since the third annual Swaggies, I think. <clears throat> um, so Tunney is on here. Uh, Kitty Killer who you guys, of course, remember the former host of the Sunday Segway podcast when it was around. Uh, we It's always good to get Kenny to come out of quasi-retirement 
talk wrestling with us, and he uh, came on and had a good time. AJ Balaz, you've heard AJ on the Swaggies before. He came on and offered his wisdom on uh, on several cool topics of conversation. And uh, the newcomer this year was an actual pro wrestler, the violent gentleman Aesop Mitchell, who anybody who listens to Bandwagon Nerds, you've heard Aesop on there numerous times. And, uh, you know, he's one of the, the regulars as far as the, uh, as far as that's concerned in, in bandwagon nerds. So it was Aesop's first time on here. He offered a really cool perspective on things. So we're going to get to that in just a few minutes here. Of course, happy new year to everybody listening. And uh, I think you're really going to enjoy this year's episode. I won't give anything away too much, at least not yet, but, um, it was, it's always a lot of fun. You know, what else is happening in the world of wrestling these days, you know, as I'm recording this, Sasha Banks is now Monet Banks has appeared in New Japan Pro Wrestling. You kind of hear us on the episode talk about Sasha a little bit and speculate about a few things and and nothing that happened as far as her going to, um, you know, going to NJPW for Wrestle Kingdom uh, really alters anything that may or may not happen from here. So uh, we'll have to see how that goes. But... Other than that, I think, you know, the big, I guess, got to mention it. We'd be, I'd be remiss in not talking about it. You know, we recorded this, um, the Swaggies early in the day on Monday, January 2nd. And of course, anybody who follows sports or anything knows what happened on Monday Night Football um, with DeMar Hamlin, uh, the Buffalo Bills safety, uh, going into cardiac arrest on the field in this game against the Cincinnati Bengals and uh, a, a certainly a horrifying, shocking, stunning uh, moment, disturbing on many, 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 many levels. You know, it's, it's something that we've seen, you know, I mean, I remember when Christian Eriksen, the Danish uh, soccer player had a cardiac arrest on the field and, and i mean, for all intents and purposes was dead and they're able to bring him back. And I mean, that was different because it was just, um, something wrong with his heart, you know, that, that, and he collapsed and, uh, had to be resuscitated. Uh, this situation with DeMar Hamlin is, is a little bit, I mean, I, you know, I've, you know, I've looked at some videos that, you know, not, you know, not trying to get hung up watching the hit over and over again, because who needs to see that that many times, but, um, from the medical standpoint, trying to understand what happened. Cause I deal with medical stuff a lot in my day job and, um, you know, the prevailing I mean, the most logical theory I have is, is this rare or this thing that I read was this rare condition where he got hit with enough force at just the wrong moment in his heart's cardiac cycle. And that may have caused cardiac arrest and, and, and what happened. So, um, you know, as we're recording this, I'm recording this little intro a couple of days later, uh, DeMar seems to be maybe improving a little bit. He's still sedated. He's still in critical care. He's still in the intensive care unit. Certainly all of us here, I know me, all the guys who recorded this episode, everybody over at thechairshot.com, we're all, of course, thinking and praying for DeMar and hope, hoping that he pulls out of this thing okay. Um, seems a little promising. I, you know, I mean, it's it's still, these things are touch and go. And, and, and the notion that there won't be anything permanent that has happened to him is... Um, maybe a little bit too optimistic, you know, but, but we can hope, you know, you never know. Hopefully everything's as good as it can possibly be. Uh, surviving something like this is, is as good an outcome as you can hope for. And, and anything beyond that is, uh, 
is gravy. So, um, yeah, just a, a very disturbing, heartbreaking um, scene that took place in Buffalo the other night that's still resonating loudly through the sports world and just in the world in general. I mean, this is this is a humanitarian, this is a humanity sort of issue. So uh, our prayers with Damar Hamlin and the Bills family and the NFL, for that matter. So anyway, thought I had to mention that at the outset of this because uh, anybody who's hearing this is going to be like, you know, why aren't we talking about that? Well, we just did. And there you go. Um, bad situation, but hopefully hopefully a bad situation with a good ending. And then we're, it looks like it might be trending in that direction. All right, enough of that nonsense. I am going to cut out of here, and we are going to get to the Swaggy Awards show, the 8th Annual Swaggy Awards. We're going to get into it. For those of you who may not, if this is your first rodeo, as far as the Swaggies are concerned, here's how it works. 20 categories that we go through. This is a long, long one, too, because there's five of us, and, and we get into some interesting conversations. Um, so this buckle yourself in. This is like a three-hour episode for the Swaggies, which is about eh, 30 minutes longer than it normally is, but that's okay because we have a really good conversation about stuff. But 20 categories. Um, we each go around. We each reveal who our winner is in the category. It's always interesting to see whether there are any unanimous categories. Those were kind of few and far between. Uh, we got history kind of made <laughs> here on this episode, here in the 8th Annual Swaggy Awards. Uh, you'll hear about it right off the bat. But um, I'm going to take our first commercial break at this point in time. Of course, the boys. I mean, Aesop's never got the Ron, Bur- Ron Burgundy jazz flute, has he? No, he hasn't. So Aesop, this Ron Burgundy jazz flute that you're going to get right after the commercial break is all for you, buddy. But uh, you're going to hear the commercial, you'll hear the Burgundy Jazz Flute, and then on to the Swaggy Awards, and I'll come back at the end and kind of recap things. So anyway, you're listening to the 8th Annual Swaggy Awards Show right here on the Attitude of Aggression Wrestling Podcast, which is a part of the ChairShot Radio Network on thechairshot.com. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.
right, wrestling fans everywhere, happy new year. Welcome to 2023, which of course means we need to recap everything that went down in 2022, and there was a lot of it. And so it is time once again for the eighth year in a row, which is mind numbing to say the very least. It is the Swaggy Awards. That's right. The Attitude of Aggression's annual wrestling awards show. Since we don't do a whole lot more here on the Attitude of Aggression, I blame that on Patrick O'Dowd and his uh, his overlordship on bandwagon nerds that just takes up too much of my time. You know, I, I know Tunny knows. Tunny, Tunny's, Tunny's already acknowledging what's going on, so... <laughs> <laughs> but it is uh, the Swaggy Awards. It is the eighth year in a row. For those of you who are your first maiden voyage with this whole party, here's how it works. We have 20 of the greatest categories in wrestling, wrestling pro wrestling. We are going to hand out some virtual hardware. We have a full, fully loaded panel, including a couple. At, no, I say one no, newcomer. I say one. Got one newcomer this year. One newcomer. But we are going to. Oh, got a little bit of an echo. Hmm. Let it go away. All right. We're going to go around the table, do some introductions here before we start getting into the categories. We're going to start off with the one and only, the guy who has been here for damn near every, like maybe not the first one because it was just me and Gator the first time, but um, when it was just a virgin, was, virgin of an idea. Of but we have here today, of course, the one and only PC Tunny, the Mr. Chair shot himself, PC back for at least the seventh of these things. How are you doing, Tunny? Welcome to 2023. I yeah, I thank you, thank you. Hey, you too. Happy New Year, brother. Thank you. Um. <laughs> anyway, I I actually have the uh, all the way back to 2017. I have the list of the winners, so maybe we'll uh, run down some former winners. But this is always a great time. I'm glad it spilled over into bandwagon nerds, and we got to do a swaggy type thing for that. Uh, the streamies, if you haven't if you haven't caught that yet. Make sure you uh, check out Chairshot Radio Network. Oh, the streamies were heavily influenced by the swaggies. Patrick just doesn't know it fully doesn't yet. Fully but, yet. You know, but yeah. it's okay. It's okay. Also, welcoming back also, to the swaggies. This is uh, 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 that is one weird echo, but it is uh, welcoming him back to the swaggies. One and only the phenomenally funky fresh AJ Belaz. AJ, how the hell are you doing, buddy? With your mega death shirt doing on. I'm doing pretty good. I actually got this from the concert in October, the last one that they had in Utah, but I'm doing pretty damn good and happy to be back. I think I was just in last year's swaggies, if I remember correctly, but last year, the year good before. to be back. It was, it was one of the two. I, they, I remember being on one of them. They actually allow Megadeth in Utah. I, I mean, I, I just think they would yeah. be banned from that state or something. The, the last one, because we actually <clears throat> stole... <clears throat> Got a promotional poster for the last one. It was uh the Who, not not W H O, H U, uh, Fire from the Gods, Megadeth, and the headliner was Five Finger Death Punch. Yeah. Actually, Five Finger Death Punch's last tour because the lead singer actually left. Or he's leaving. That sounds like one of your brother's judgmental album reviews. All those bands right there. I mean, geez, that's that's on fire. Speaking of on fire, I mean, this guy, whenever he's around, it is just a fire of a podcast. And it is one of the original gangsters of the entire wrestling podcast industry. The, the man himself, the myth, the legend, 
You only get him to come out of retirement on special occasions, and I feel privileged that I am a special occasion. It is the one and only, the former host of the Sunday Segway podcast, the one and only Kenny Killer. Kenny, always an absolute pleasure to see you. Always a pleasure indeed. The one my would have at Instagram is back on the airwaves. Um, yeah, I always come out of retirement for you guys, man. Has to be done, you know. We the OGs out here, so gotta make sure we represent. Um, but yeah, it's always nice to see um you guys and, and be a part of the swaggies. And I'm uh yeah, looking forward to giving my picks because we've had a very interesting year of wrestling. Yes, that's uh putting it mildly. <laughs> very interesting year in wrestling. And I think on this show, Kenny and I will be eating a little bit of crow at some point along the way. Mr. Tunney will have his way with us, and that's all right. But there is a fifth member of the panel this year, and he is the virgin of the group. We're not going to sacrifice him yet, but he is making his debut here today. I'm not sure if he's frozen or not. Nope, there he is. He did move. So we are adding some real cred to this broadcast because we've got a real live professional wrestler, folks. And he's also a huge nerd. And he's just one of us, except he gets dropped on his head a lot. It is the one and only the fabled gentleman, Aesop Mitchell. Ooh, I, I am like the fabled one, Aesop Mitchell. Oh, was, did you cut it off there, Tony? She's got me all fucked up. <laughs> I am the uh, fake yes. one, Aesop Mitchell. <laughs> Welcome to the next chapter of Aesop's Gay Fables. Oh, that was such a long time ago. <laughs> I think the last time I did that was the last time I talked to Kenny over there. So, uh, yeah, good, good for, uh, good for that sound bite. Uh, thank you for having me. And uh, you may call me a virgin on this, but. Um, based off of this morning i'm definitely no virgin shout out to my girlfriend wow all right we're going there early today you're damn straight man you, you know i'm i'm good for at least one pipe bomb promo so i uh, gotta gotta start off early well shout out to well, your girlfriend yeah. absolutely so wait you know where you're going with that two. pipe yeah way to take one for the team whatever your name is so awesome it's got aesop's <laughs> mind completely focused and and everything's good so yeah Shout out to Shout exactly. exactly. <laughs> All right, so let's uh, let's get into it, guys. Twenty categories. We're what we'll do is we will um we'll hit ten of them. We'll take a commercial break, then we'll hit the other ten. Um, the the rules are very simple. There aren't many. It's just uh, you're going to list. You're going to name your winner, and we can uh, roundtable it and discuss it if we want, or just just or not, and just kind of let it roll. Um. um as far as anybody who's been on bandwagon nerds knows that we can get lost in the weeds with honorable mentions. So please kind of refrain from honorable mentions. But I will say this. If you have a runner up that you feel strongly about, and I've got a few of them, you are allowed to give a shout out and make a mention of something. But yes, let's not let's not go too deep in the weeds, fellas, or we'll be here for four hours. And who needs that? So. We are going to kick this thing off with our gimmick match of the year. We are going to start this whole shebang off with the one and only PC Tunny. Tunny, what do you? Yeah, no pressure, no pressure. What do you got? No for your, what, do you got for, what do you got for your gimmick match of the year, man? Well, well, I think it might be my audio that's fucking making you echo. By the way, and I apologize for that, but we'll see what happens as I monitor that. Um, <clears throat> I was gonna give it to Sami Zayn and Johnny Knoxville because that's like a true gimmick match, and that was pretty fun. But I needed a place to put in. Cody Rhodes versus Seth Rollins at Hell in a Cell. So I ended up going with that. That was just 
the, just the visual of Cody coming out there, the way he looked and the condition he was in. And then the match that they had, um, yeah, that's just one of the best rivalries too. Um, I'll get that honorable mention in too, cause it's not my rivalry of the year, but that was a great rivalry they had. So looking forward to Cody coming back and shout out to those two guys having a hell of a match in a hell in a cell. Yeah. And I'll jump in real quick and, and, and uh, I'm, I'm with you on this one. This was my pick for gimmick match of the year, Cody versus Seth. Um, you know, I think the main thing about the match is Cody, Cody wrestling with a torn pack, the visual of that, but putting in that performance in his last match before he went away, getting the win was, you know, almost inconsequential at that point, but just to perform like that with an actual legit torn pack. Uh, yeah, I mean, there are some other matches. I, I like the Sami Zayn, Johnny Knoxville mention. That was a lot of fun. Um, uh, but yeah. And you know, the war games matches were kind of cool seeing it on the main roster, but they didn't exactly deliver like we've seen with nxt no not at all i agree but um but yeah i I, cody versus seth is my pick as well aj what do you got in this category for gimmick match of the year uh i also have the hell in the cell match because you can't really you can't i know that triple h said he's going to be doing away with the gimmick pay-per-views pple's whatever he wants to call it whatever but this actually was amazing like the cody versus seth great match everything i can't really think of anything that bad happened in the hell in a cell pay-per-view in general maybe there was one or two duds that i forgot but that really took the cake that really just popped off with everything i want to throw a little bit of an honorable mention and that is the gimmick that they made up for nxt the iron challenge with the men and women because it was a different take it was the iron man match with Tony, don't worry, I'm not going to say King of the Mountain, but the rules kind of felt like King of the Mountain. But it it was a different thing, which made it better. But all in all, I think Hell in a Cell takes it off of that. Yeah, Iron Survivor was okay. I, they just, I think it's um, it's an idea that needs to be fleshed out a little bit more. It was the matches were all right. They seemed to, you know, I don't know. Neither of them went into sudden death. That would have seemed to be the way to go. Like, but, but I mean, it, it's a start with, and you think it outside the box. You got to give them some credit for that. Um, but anyway, I had the idea like three years ago, but I'm, you know, no one's paying me for it, honey. So <laughs> fleshed. Do you think, do you think fleshed is as offensive to women as moist? Uh, no, I think most I women, most moist. women will get offended by moist quicker than fleshed. But speaking of fleshed. I fleshed out that moist was more <laughs> way to, aggressive. Way to, way to ferret that out there. To women. And, and if we didn't already have a female audience, we just lost it now. Yeah, Thank well, you. They, they, have, uh, they have not been on. <laughs> they have not been listening to this show for we a very are. long time, AJ. But uh, Kenny, what do you got for your gimmick match of the year, man? We've got three of us on one. We might be on the road to a unanimous pick, which would the first one ever that on the first category. That would never happen. Will it? Kenny? It, it will in my eyes. I mean, because I'm going for the same one. Um, Seth Rollins against Cody Rhodes. Um, you know, this match produced what it was meant to produce as a Hell in a Cell, which is meant to be obviously the end of kind of like a feud. And what a way to end a feud, especially when it comes to that injury, the peck. I mean, when he took off his robe, you you heard the audible kind of gasp, you know, and um, I, it was just a, like a massive WTF when I was watching it I was just like what the hell's going on I didn't re- know anything about what had happened so it was a massive surprise to me but the the match itself I mean it was a good use of the gimmick itself um and it you know it led to the storyline so 
yeah, I uh, yeah, thoroughly enjoyed that match, man. It was amazing, um, and it was just it was just um, perfect for Cody as well because he was going away to put a stamp on that return. Because after that, I mean, you're the biggest babyface. After that, the amount of respect you're going to get from people is just immense. So yeah, there's uh, that. Um, I'm glad AJ mentioned the uh, Iron Survivor. I really liked that. Um, that 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 gimmick match, but I just want to give a quick shout out to the um, anarchy in the arena. That was a whole lot of madness, but it was a lot of sweet madness that was going on in that match. So uh, yeah, that's my honorable mention. Aesop, are we going to make history here on the eighth annual Swaggies with a unanimous category on the very first category? It's all down to you. Well, my uh, favorite gimmick match of the year was Vince McMahon versus Pat McAfee. No, uh, it actually it is the Cody Cody Seth Rollins Hell in a Cell. It it, it is, um, and like Cody <laughs> like Tony said to start off the segment, uh, you had to put it in somewhere because um, it's not my favorite match of the year, and uh, I honestly I wouldn't even say it's my favorite rivalry either. But, but looking through uh, everything, I think the only thing that I liked. Uh, that that even could have came close, and I doubt it's on um, many people's radars. But Impact's uh, women's ladder match that was earlier uh, uh, in the like towards the end of the year was really really good. Um, but again, it wasn't going to pass the spectacle that was Cody Rhodes. Uh, not only as uh, seeing his torn pec, but also he still was kind of living off the weight of his signing or re-signing with WWE. So I, I think that in itself was an extra layer towards that gimmick match. Yeah. Everything, everything you guys said. I mean, I, I don't think we can, I mean, you can't extrapolate much more than that. A unanimous category on the very first category of the swaggies that has never happened. Tony. Yeah. Shout out to them. Uh, previous winners in said category last year, bad bunny and, uh, and Damian Priest against the Miz and Morrison. Um, before that, uh, Best Friends versus Santana Ortiz in a parking lot brawl. Remember that match was excellent. Before that, we had War Games. Before that, we had War Games. And Aesop, I believe way back in 2017, you might have been involved in a Swaggy Award nominee gimmick match of the year, the Bruce City Wrestling Halloween Battle Royal, in which I know you got eliminated by the Invisible Man. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> we have a swaggy award winner here on the swaggies now that is also history making aesop just making history all over the place right off the bat <laughs> you may not need to sacrifice him after all folks all right <laughs> let's go on to our storyline of the year and AJ, i didn't even get a check for that what the fuck i know no royalties or nothing <laughs> Uh, for storyline of the year, we're going to turn it over to the one and only AJ Belaz to let the let you kick off this category. AJ, what do you got for your storyline of the year, man? For storyline of the year, it was very difficult to pick anything other than just blanketing the bloodline in general. Like they're they're going on beginning of the year, undisputed world championship or undisputed universal championship, whatever they want to say. Uso's going out, getting the tag titles, Solo Sokoa coming in, he wins the North American, like, I can belt collect too, but I don't really give a shit, and then bringing in Sami Zayn and just tying an Usi bow all over everything for 2022, I, for me, you just have to blanket everything the Bloodline has done storyline-wise all year round. 
Yeah. Uh, Kenny, what do you got here, man? I, it looks like from your mannerisms, you might be agreeing with uh, the phenomenally funky fresh one here. Oh, man, 100%. How can you go anywhere apart from Bloodline? I mean, literally, anytime um, Raw or SmackDown is on, you're looking to see whether one of these guys are on because you know as soon as the Bloodline's on, it's going to be either a good promo, a good segment, a good match, like, and it's all to do with that storyline. And it's, you know, we've always criticized um, WWE for a long time, uh, you know, with their failed kind of longevity in terms of storylines. This is one of the longest storylines they've done in a long time. And we obviously, we don't know what's going to pan out. We don't know what's going to happen and how it's going to end, how it's going to end. But man, are we in for the ride? The ride is so sweet. I mean, from segments where these guys are cracking up and everyone is in on it and cracking up, you know, with them at the same time. Um, the the fact, like AJ said, Solo Sokoa, the 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 transition, man, like that we've had failed transitions for ages from NXT. And then this guy just comes in and it's just like, it's like he's belonged. Um, but yeah, I can talk for England, so I'll just stop there and let everyone else have a go. Well, uh, we might be on the path towards a second consecutive uh, uh- unanimous category which was shocking but the bloodline story is uh, my storyline of the year as well for all the reasons you guys have just said i mean i'll add something you know the usos eclipsing the new day's uh tag record along the way um you know I, you know you, you you thought roman okay roman they're they're doing something special with him but kind of the usos kind of crept us on us as being like oh wow these guys are being portrayed as being super special and now the bloodline is just this you, you know, you got to mention them in, in the same breath as the greatest factions of all time, like the Horsemen, like DX and all that. I mean, they're well on the way to that. Roman's on a different level of greatness that however and whenever this uh, run of his ends is going to be the major storyline of the year when that happens. So, yeah, I'm with you guys. I mean, this, the bloodline, everything about it, Sami Zayn, wherever that's going. Um, yeah, I, same thing for me. Aesop, what's your storyline of the year? It's It's not the bloodline. Sorry. Uh, and I, this is honestly, I think I might piss you guys off, but like the storyline for me is bye-bye Vince McMahon. I I know that's not an actual written storyline, but we don't get the bloodline if Vince McMahon is still, uh, in his position with WWE. I don't think I really feel that him leaving and departing has had such a gigantic ripple effect for uh, WWE. And we are still kind of seeing that story play out. Uh, and, and again, this isn't, this is real life uh, and not, uh, you know, a written thing that they had planned. I don't think, but for me, I'm still looking at what the company does as Vince McMahon has less and less of a role. Uh, and to me, that is the biggest storyline. Uh, but, you know, maybe that's just because I have that sort of um, that that backstage kind of feeling, you know, being a wrestler, seeing things work out. Because I've I've been in locker rooms where the fucking Booker just ruins an entire show. And I always felt like that for at least the past decade with Vince McMahon. You're not wrong, I don't think. Um, I know Vince, I know Tony was looking at it. Vince probably got the bloodline story going by putting the belt on Roman. Um, but how far it would have expanded, would have expanded to this point had Vince stayed in charge. That I don't know. 
And so I think you got you make a good point there. Tony, what's your uh, what's your storyline of the year? I think there's no doubt like that, that the blood, <laughs> the bloodline thing is something that has been planned for a while. So that has Vince McMahon all over it, in my opinion. I, I will I will bring up Vince McMahon later under a different category. I don't I don't uh, begrudge Aesop's pick whatsoever, though. I think he, he it's a great pick. Um, it's definitely one of the hugest stories in professional wrestling history, by the way. Uh, but mine is along the bloodline lines, and it's Sami Zayn becoming a part of the bloodline. That's the storyline of the year specifically, because last year the bloodline was the storyline of the year. I got it right here in front of me. So that's totally Vince McMahon, right? So that can't be it. Sami Zayn evolving into what he's evolved in and the leash he's been given. I like to think and give Vince enough credit that he knows where money is. And let me tell you, they've sold a fucking shit ton of those Uzi t-shirts. So I'm guessing that would have been quite all right with VKM. So my specific nomination to the award and award given from the PC Tunney side of things would be Sami Zayn's evolution within the bloodline. See, and I have him in other categories. Oh, I'm uh, sure we all do. I'm sure we oh, all yeah. do. Many, like, many of Realistically, uh, like, honestly, PC, I had, like, a serious conversation with myself on whether, whether or not I wanted to put him as my best overall wrestler of the year. Like, I did. Because I didn't even, I didn't even have – let's put it this way. Let's, let's, let's not get into it yet. But we can foreshadow that conversation like this, Aesop, and I'm glad you brought it up because this is an interesting way to put it from my side. I didn't even have a conversation about it. Foreskin. Right. We're foreskinning? What are we doing, Tony? Oh, foreshadowing. <laughs> gotcha. What? The, pa- the password is foreskin. That's right. That's right. So a near unanimous category in, in, in the storyline of the year, but that's all right. We don't want it all to be just Aesop, so predictable. What a dick. What an outlier. <laughs> but, I mean, really. I'm sorry. Who, me? It's a cute sweatshirt you have on, though. Thanks. Let's um, let's turn, see what I did there, to our turn there's, of the year. You're a fucking professional, Dave. I, I know. You'd think I'd done this before or something. <laughs> uh, face or heel turn of the year. We're going to turn this over to our, the man across the pond, Kenny Killer. What do you got, man? What what is your What is your turn of the year in professional wrestling? Oh, man. I mean, there wasn't many real big... Yeah. I didn't know. Yeah, I, um, I agree. But the one I picked is because, well, I was there, so um, it's the one that happened at Clash of the Castle, and that's Dominic Mysterio turning on Ray. On on Ray, man. Um, I didn't see. That. I mean, obviously, we kind of preempted that something might happen, but not at that point, man. Not at that point. Um, and you know, the crowd was going crazy. When I mean the crowd was going crazy, I couldn't believe what was happening. Um, and it was just <laughs> it was the way his shoe came off and he took his shoe off, his shoe off and stuff. It was just, it was hilarious, but it was good. And it's continued to be good. And I think I wouldn't have put this um, as a turn of the year if it, if these little clips and stuff that we've been seeing, you know, on WWE um, social media haven't surfaced. So, uh, yeah, it's got to be Dominic Mysterio, man. Like, the little, he's trying to be Eddie Guerrero. Like, literally, this guy is trying to be Eddie Guerrero. And it's just the little, the, <laughs> it's just the way he comes across, like, um, mommy. Like, it's just, it's all of that kind of stuff, you know. Just love it. Proper, schmarmy, wormish, squirmish heel. So, love it. So, you were at Clash of the Castle then, huh? 
Oh yeah, and there's more of that to come. Trust me. I'm sure, but I, I'm with you as far but, as yeah. Yeah, I'm with you as far as turn of the year, Dominic Mysterio, and and it's and it's like you've said, Kenny. It's the stuff that's happened afterwards that has really solidified that. And you got to give a huge assist to Rhea Ripley because without her, this doesn't work. And and her influence on Dominic and just you know that whole situation and what she's done has been massive as far as this whole presentation and everything that's gone on with Dominic Mysterio. But yeah, I, I agree with you, man. It's just, he is definitely trying to turn into Eddie and we know one of the matches at WrestleMania 39 has to be Dom versus his dad. I mean, I think that's, that's a foregone conclusion at this point. So, um, Aesop, what do you got in this category for your turn of the year? Yeah. Uh, you know, Kenny kind of said it to start off again. There wasn't too many turns, um, I also refuse to acknowledge Dominic Mysterio as a wrestler. I think he's terrible. So wow. sorry. I, I wonder if he's wow. going to come up in another category. Jelly much? No, in fact, he's not. But because that means he would have to win something. I'm not giving it to him. So this is actually where I put Sami Zayn because you know, it wasn't necessarily a traditional turn. But him joining that faction, the bloodline like that is is a definite change of character for him. And whether or not he was that that genuine heel, uh, you know, which was most recent uh, or that pure bred, uh, pure blood baby face when he first came into NXT. Now he's in the middle. Now he's got this this heel work, but also looked at in a tremendous baby face sort of way where people love Sami Zayn and. Honestly, like that was the best turn for me. And, you know, we are seeing so much more of it build uh, going back to that Survivor Series match with him and Kevin Owens. Like that's a that's a a rivalry that we're never going to see die, really. And I'm still just as excited for that going forward. And, you know, maybe we do get them to team up eventually. And that's something that makes me want to invest more of my viewing time in that uh, that turn that whether it be heel or face. So this is actually where I put Sami Zayn. That's a good call. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, I can see where you're coming from with that. Sami's progression this year is uh, definitely qualified in that respect. Tony, what do you got for your uh, turn of the year? I do believe on one DWI, I did call Dominic turning at said show thank you can, AJ. can can confirm having, having my back there my turn is going to be jay uso and his relationship with Sami Zayn. that is the biggest turn uh, of the year because it went from pure hatred disgust complete unacceptance no respect to getting the depth upside going like Jimmy does, you know, and, and feeling oozy and, you know, and, and I'm going to talk more about it, but you know, you talk about, like, I agreed right away. Kenny brought it up there. There hasn't been the big turns like there, like there has been in the past. Right. So that's what I'm going to go with is that kind of progression of, of Jay Uso towards Sammy Zayn. All right. So you see you and I can't agree on something there, Tony. It happened. I know it's, I I've, I've been witness to it happening a few times. It's rare, but anyway, we work, we work together way more than people think, right? I, all yes. All yes. Of us, yes. Halloween gimmick battle Royals. <laughs> AJ, what do you got for your turn of the year here, man? 
I, I find it funny that Aesop and Tony were kind of on the same lines with the bloodline, and Kenny and I are on the same lines as the Judgment Day, but like you said before, not that many turns. Weirdly enough, we got something that is kind of rare nowadays, and that is a double turn when Edge tried to bring Finn into the Judgment Day, and Finn kicked Edge out, turning him into a face, and Finn as the leader heel. We don't really get to see the double turn that often. It actually played out perfectly, in my opinion, where Edge kind of, like, he went back where he was like, oh, I made a mistake. I'm supposed to be the opportunist. I made a mistake. Wait a minute. I have to reevaluate things. And then he comes back for SummerSlam and does everything that he's done. And it led into more things like Dominic turning on Ray and Edge at Cardiff. Here's here's my thing. I totally forgot that even happened. <laughs> that's that's dramatic as hell. Like I I totally forgot that Edge was running Judgment Day. Is that weird? Is that wrong by me? No, you know the I whole, kind of forgot. No, too. the only the only reason we don't I I don't know. We all know that that was weird. The Judgment Day thing, right? Like Edge starts it, then Edge leaves it, and then right away Finn, and then then why did you do that in the first place? But the ends are justifying the means because you're getting over Dominic. And more importantly, Rhea is the biggest heater since China, period. And she deserves some kind of award on this list that I'm not going to give her. So that's (laughs) me calling her out right now because I thought she was horrible when she came up to the main roster from NXT. I remember that. She's grown and learned. And man, don't be surprised if she's the one raising the belt at one of the nights of WrestleMania this year. Dude, if there was a category for best Swiss army knife for the swaggies, I give it to Rhea Ripley because she's just she, one of those. It's, it's totally the China thing, right? Like the beginning of China where like we're getting there and here, go ahead, hit me. Oh, you can't, but I'm going to, I'm going to hit you. You know, she won an intergender match. I, I mean, when's the last time you saw something like that happen in WWE? But anyway, um, all good calls, AJ. That's a great call on the edge thing. Cause yeah, like Aesop, I'm like, as soon as you start talking about it, I'm like, oh yeah, they did kind of do a double turn there. That was that. No, not kind of. They did a double turn. And like you said, that those are rare, you know, you don't get those too often. So good choices all the way around guys. I'm going to kick off the next category, federation promotion brand of the year, whatever you want to call it. Like there can be only one choice for me and it's WWE. Um, Islander. <laughs> There could be only one. That's right. Yeah. Uh, I got to give it to WWE. When you look at what they went through this year with uh, the way the year started uh, to Vince McMahon retiring out of nowhere to actually not just surviving, but thriving the last half of the year with Hunter in charge. And it hasn't all been smooth. Let's, you know, let's be honest. It's, it's hit and miss in a few places, but yeah, to go through losing somebody like Vince McMahon and not missing a beat and actually getting better. Um, you gotta, you gotta take your hat off the WWE. The pay-per-views have gotten better. Hunter's approach to just kind of what they're doing is more streamlined in some places and just seems to flow better. Um, there's longer term booking. Like you guys have said with the bloodline, that sort of thing. It's WWE for me. And, and, and nobody's really not really a close second, but that's just me. Aesop. What do you think here, man? Small little shout out, um, because I loved having ROH back in some capacity. 
Uh, I, I know it's not much because it honestly, you could have shoveled them into disappointment later on. But um, yeah, it, it's WWE. Uh, I'm going to predict that this is probably another clean sweep here, Dave, uh, because wow. WWE just shined, it shines so bright uh, after Vince McMahon. Uh, you know what? Let's let's go from SummerSlam on. And I think that even with that SummerSlam pay-per-view and the, you know some of the the stuff that happened later on, both positive and negative, it, it doesn't really matter. I think the company has just such a bright future. And I know there have been reports that uh, VKM might come back. Please don't let that be true. Just let it be rumors, please, because we don't need that. We don't. Nobody needs that. At this point, unless Tony, do you need that? You don't need that, Tony. What do you, what do you, what do you think? I mean, Aesop predicting a clean sweep. I have a feeling he might be right, but Tony, you always throw a curveball here and there. I, I know you're going to go AEW here, right? Goodness gracious, great balls of fire, right? No, um, that pay per view is coming back, dude. One of the best promo promo posters ever was Vince's grapefruits as balls of fire, right? <laughs> Listen. I, I got a little more specific. If you're talking about a specific brand, a specific company, it's WWE, and it's by a long shot. Um, there are some other companies that are doing things here and there that are solid, but the ones that are really supposed to be trying to compete with WWE are nowhere to be found uh, on the radar, specifically New Japan and AEW, and and in, informed fans of those uh, companies will tell you that that's true. Um, but I want to be more specific and I want to say raw and a lot of people might be shocked by that, but I'm going to say raw for a few reasons. I have enjoyed raw. I've enjoyed the storylines that you talk about, um, talk about judgment day. You talk about a lot of other things that we talk about Bianca Belair, right? The women have been main eventing raw more than once a month this year. And that is a big reason to why I'm going to shout it out because they've done a good job enough to evolve storylines there where I can deal with the three hours. The women have really taken on a bigger role in the show. The United States championship has been one of the best championships contested for the entire year from Bobby Lashley to Seth Rollins to Austin theory. It's really made itself say, Hey, you know what? Roman's on the other show, but we're going to do what we need to do to make sure that, Hey, the United States champion, this is raw's title. And if you want to be the best on raw, you're going to have to carry this title. So Adam Pierce has been really good on that show. And the women's division has been really good on that show. So I want to shout out to everybody that's working hard to, to fight a beast that cannot be tamed. And that that's a three hour television wrestling show. So that's why with the main events from the women and the storylines from the United States title, Beside, d- despite the besmirchment and smirks of Kitty Killa, who's going to follow me here, I think I'm naming Monday Night Raw the behemoth that it is the uh, the best brand of the year. Uh, it's the show that I've enjoyed the most. Look, I, I was on Raw this year, <laughs> um, but two time uh, two time Swaggy Award winner. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry, that Milwaukee episode was absolutely terrible, though. <laughs> It was, and it brings a great point because I brought it up too. 30,000 seat arena for a basketball game, which would easily be 20. Let's just say, let's just call it 20,000. We don't want to deal with the corners. And we have the, the raw screen growing up and everything or the SmackDown screen. 
they sell 7,500 on sale, 6,800 gets sold. They go to Tampa, 15,000 John Cena, period. You know, I don't want to hear the bullshit about this, that, and the other thing, about COVID, about this, that, and the other. There's no one there selling anything. Roman, you're great, but you're not selling seats. That's fair. John Cena Roman sells seats. Today, so that doesn't even work. Um, we're actually going to go to AJ. AJ, what are your thoughts? What's your promotion fed brand of the year, man? Sorry, I got I to gotta do a little bit of a blaz take here for a shout out. Um, oh, going to Japan. Yeah, Noah, like, no, yes, not, not New Japan. Noah's actually been doing really well for 2022, and I'm not counting, obviously, yesterday's uh, match with Muda and Nakamura and everything that's been going you there want- at New, uh, New Year's Nippon, but... No, you, do you want to bring up the uh, comments from after the match or no? Nah, we, we, we can do that at another time. That's that, that that's for DWI or something like that, but... Thank you. It, it, it was, like, they had a great match... It, Noah's been doing really good job, but that's a shout out for me. It's WWE. I wouldn't go as specific as Raw if I was to say anything. A brand would probably be SmackDown for me, but <laughs> but WWE. The beginning, yeah, it was a little rough, but it was still good. And then with everything going on with Vince and Triple H taking the helm, <clears throat> he just kind of took it and did better with it oh quiet i can throw in a dad joke if i want to but i mean it's wwe like you said tony AEW's not really competing much they might throw jabs here there but they're not competing new japan has been on a massive decline in my opinion i don't know what really is going on over there on the booking side but ghetto has to get his shit figured out because it used to be one of the biggest promotions let me add to that. Let me add to that for you because Kenny and, and Aesop will understand this even more because Dave knows this. He heard this already, but Andrew's thinking about not even watching Wrestle Kingdom this year. That's how bad it's yeah, got. That's how bad New Japan is getting where my brother doesn't even want to acknowledge it. He watched the Noah show yesterday. He doesn't want to acknowledge at all Wrestle Kingdom. Like he, He'll probably just look and just be like, did Jay White beat Okada or does Okada still win? Like yeah. that that's yeah. probably his reaction. I'm not sure. Yeah. Um I'm not sure Sasha Banks is gonna be able to save Russell Kingdom this year. I don't she, think if so. She shows up. If she shows up. If she shows up, great. But I that's Monet you know, Banks. Nah, Monet Bernardo, Mercedes Banks. I think it's I don't just know. the way I think it's just the way she's gonna spell money because she could get the trademark, there but it's go. money banks. There you go. Kenny, uh, is this is this a unanimous category? I know Tunney's kind of gone a little bit deeper, dug a little bit deeper, but it's still WWE. Uh, it's up to you, man. Uh, so last year I picked AEW. Um, we, we know, Kenny. Had, we know. Uh, we're going to hear about it. We're going to hear about it. Your vote already doesn't fucking count. Shit, last year. Right. <laughs> um, but um, this year it's WWE because AEW is just a shambles this year. Like, literally, it's a shambles. It's easy like all this all like Tony Khan can't handle his roster he's got too many people you know he doesn't know what to do with like it's just there's there's been hits and misses in in certain places there have you know there's been some good stuff um in certain places but oh man it's just too much going on just too much going on man um WWE but more specific Smackdown because Smackdown 
easy watch, two-hour show, relentless, good storylines. You had the bloodline on there the whole year. Um, other people, Gunter, oh my God. Like, the way that they have pushed this guy and made the IC title look the way it has. They brought Ricochet on as well to, uh, to have really, really good matches. Raw was shit for half of the year until, um, what's it called, um, until Hunter took over. And then it's it just started getting much, much better. The three hours were palatable. Then there was a weird bit in um in the summer, uh sorry, towards um like uh end of summer, and then it started getting good again. Matches are solid on, on Raw. But for me, if I was to get specific, it would be SmackDown. Um yeah, it's just been uh it's w- the WWE though oh, as a whole. I want to give a shout out to Stardom. Man have they been kicking ass with the matches this year. Julia and Shuri, oh my god, like don't even get me started. Like if 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 they had a TV show, right, and we were able to see these matches um like once a month and stuff, they would be up there because these women are just they're they're showing out right now, man. They're doing they're doing their thing. So shout out to stardom. Awesome. Uh our second unanimous category out of the first four, Tony, that's Definitely never happened before. And I know, uh, like Kenny said, last year we picked AEW, and we're going to be talking AEW later on for different reasons this year. And Kenny's kind of already shambles. That's that's kind of polite. That's a we nice way of as, talking about it, Kenny. We already have as many unanimous decisions this year as we did last year, Dave. There you go. Uh, that, which tells you, I mean, this, this year is a different year in wrestling. There's a lot to talk about, but it wasn't. Like last year, there was so much shit across the bow, across everywhere that there was a lot, uh, you know, this year it felt like this year was very heavy handed, especially the second half of the year. But we're going to turn it over to Aesop for our next category, pay-per-view of the year, man. What do you got in this category? What is your best pay-per-view? I guess we can call it PLE of the year, whatever you want to call it. If we say pay-per-view, we know what it is. Aesop, what do you got here, man? Well, uh, I know we have been shitting on AEW, but my favorite pay-per-view of the year was Forbidden Door. Uh, That had so much weight behind it. I was fortunate enough to be in attendance for that show as well. And the matches themselves were right up my alley. There were fast pace. There were slow burns. And, you know, whether or not you knew the, the outside talent you know, from everywhere else in the world, you know, outside of AEW, it was really fucking good. And, uh, you know, again, we have all been foreshadowing AEW as this negative thing. There is a lot of, like, individual achievements that AEW has had this year. Collectively, big L. We get that. But something to highlight is... AEW and Forbidden Door. Yeah, good call. I, I will mention that in, in a minute when it comes back around to me. Tony, what's your um, what's your call on pay-per-view, PLE of the year, whatever the hell we're calling it this time? I refuse to I call last, this award PLE. Screw yeah, that. Uh, you, can, you can do whatever you need to do. I believe in you, Dave. I, I, I felt dirty writing PLE down. After the P and beginning the L, I started to feel dirty. I want to write another P and then a V. Um, Last year was unanimous decision, WrestleMania. This year, it's not going to be a unanimous decision, obviously. Um, I think it's WrestleMania again. I'm trying to think of a, another show that delivered on multiple levels, whether it's a gimmick match like Sami Zayn had, whether it's the 
big box office appeal of a Becky and a Bianca or or a, or a um, Roman and, and Brock. Uh, and then have Stone Cold have whatever he had with Kevin Owens on top of it. Um, you, you mean a match? I, I would call it that. Definitely. I definitely wouldn't call it that. Um, but yeah, to me, to, to deliver again on back-to-back nights, they're just, they're really good at it. They're really good storytellers. And I'm interested, I, I Kenny brought something up earlier and, and the, the landscape that lays ahead of us and the blueprint for the road to WrestleMania for the universal undisputed, you know, global, uh, kingdom federation you know top you know whatever it is guy yeah it's it's better than it's ever been in my opinion you know there's there's so many options moving forward but yeah i i would definitely um man i i know you like that but you know what did you say that you can't think of a low point in that in that in mania night two itself had uh, almost were, and Bobby they were, Lashley. They had uh, Ridge Holland and Sheamus versus the New Day. I mean, there was, was plenty good. of low for it Mania. All, it all, no, it all had the 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 pride and spectacle and the pageantry of WrestleMania behind it. That's that's the thing. That's makeup on a pig. Well, Sue Wee, it's one hell of a pig. <laughs> AJ, what's your <laughs> what's your pay per view of the year, AJ? Uh, I'm going to have to agree with one of the Wisconsiners and say Forbidden Door. That was actually a really good pay-per-view that I was surprised. I don't know if it's because New Japan was involved or not, but I actually enjoyed watching AEW for once since it started. <laughs> I'm I'm not going to lie on that one. I've, I've, I've already touted my horn where I'm like, I don't really like AEW, but... It was good. It actually provided a lot of good matches. Yeah, you could probably say, like, I already knew who the IWGP Fatal 4-Way was going to be again. Like, who's going to win? I already know who's going to win the interim championship. But they were still good matches. They still had a lot of significance behind them. So I really can't complain at all. And not only that, but the we had a lot of surprises come in for the uh 21 man joker battle royal too like i think what we got andrade coming in who could be both sides he's an aw guy he's a former iwgp intercontinental champion so who knows what side he's on i think we had red dragon go in there we had a bunch of different things go in there but all in all it was just it was good like it actually surprisingly showed up i know i had my like Temperamentally, I'm like, it's it's going to be AEW. And I'm like, it was actually good. I can't complain. No, uh, you can't. And, and I'm going to talk about that in a moment. But before we get to that, Kenny, what is your pick for pay-per-view of the year, man? Um, I just want to give a shout out, um, like what AJ said, with uh, with, with um, Forbidden Door um, and Aesop as well. Yeah, Forbidden Door was wicked, man. And to be fair, like AEW, they have some really good pay-per-views, right? But the issue with AEW is that their pay-per-views are just like Dynamite. There's no difference. There's no difference in between. Like you're just always getting six-star, five-star matches with no story. In, and it's just, you know, there's no difference. And at least with WWE, yeah. there's a build. And then you get to the pay-per-view and it's like, wow, this is a banger. Um, it's, a, it's an independent wrestling show. Like that's what you see on the independents. Mm. 
Uh, but for me, because uh, <laughs> there's because because there's no one really in charge. Um, but but for me, it's uh, again a personal one because I was there. But Clash at the Castle, man, like everything about that is the first pay per view in how many years in the UK? All right, it was like having all like the wrestling community in the UK just all together in one place. It was amazing. Everyone's buying each other drinks. Everyone's the atmosphere was just crazy um and the matches were solid i mean when edge come out and everyone singing his song gave it, it was just goosebumps i haven't seen anything like that ever and then you had um the turn with dominic then you had sheamus versus gunter oh my god being in that stadium right having 60 odd thousand people there and you can quiet because you can hear the the chops from gunter and and sheamus it was un believable that match and then the standing ovation after oh god it was just amazing and then when drew came out the crowd just just lost their shit when drew came out and um you know uh and singing for him and there was a fall a near fall when everyone literally thought drew was gonna win and then you see solo sokoa that was the debut of solo sokoa as well man that got me it really did got uh, get me um so yeah, man, it has to be Clash of the Castle for me, man. I'm changing. I'm changing my pick. I was on the fence coming in, but it's yeah. I'm going. I'm changing it. I'm changing my pick. I have to give a shout out for accept that PC. I can. I can definitely accept that. Yeah. So, so Tony, you're changing your pick to Forbidden Door. Is that what you're doing? <laughs> <laughs> well, folks, uh, I just want to let everybody know it's Dave Ungar's last day here on Chairshot Radio Network. <laughs> Luckily, this is my own show, so screw you, Tony. I'm I'm an independent. I'm the Notre Dame of this bitch. So anyway, no. Um, shout out, sorry, to WrestleMania Night One. That was wicked, man. I, I was so surprised so, by that. And that bitch show, WrestleMania Night One, was so good. So let me let yeah, me Night Two happened. Yeah, let me let me talk about night this. Um, Clash of the Castle was fantastic, and I'm glad. I, I had a feeling, Kenny, once I realized you were there, that that was going to get your pick. And Tony, uh, and Tony, excuse me, has made the kind of flip flop to that. Forbidden Door was actually going to be the one that I was going to give a shout out to because I agree with you guys. I thought, you know, AEW puts a lot of marketing muscle behind stuff like All Out and Double or Nothing and and Revolution and Full Gear, but this fifth one that they hadn't done before, the NJPW versus AEW Forbidden Door, was really really excellent. I was very impressed as it went on, just the match quality. And everything that was going on, I thought, wow, this is a really, really good pay-per-view. But for me, on the strength of night one, it's WrestleMania 38. And I guess I'm the only one who's going to say that right now. But I'll be honest with you guys. Night one of WrestleMania is one of my top five WrestleManias of all time. Of all time. I mean, you, you look at the moments, the match quality, everything going on. And I agree, night two was not, you know, they have not figured out the two, the times that they've done the two night WrestleManias in front of fans anyway. Uh, 37, night two was kind of a letdown. 38, night two was kind of a letdown. Maybe that has something to do with Roman. I don't know. But night one was so epic that it carried the event for me. And and it's just the two night WrestleManias are just something that I really, really am fully in favor of. I got to give it to WrestleMania 38. Nothing wrong with Forbidden Door as a pick. Nothing wrong with Clash of the Castle as a pick either. So, yeah, good stuff, guys. Excellent. All right. We've come all the way around. We're going to start the next category, and we're going to come back to the beginning with the one and only PC Tunny. You are going to tell us about your promo or segment of the year, man. What do you got here? Yeah, that's easy, right? Are are you? He's not feeling Usi tonight. Are you feeling Usi? I'm Usi. This is Usi. You know, 
the the segment where Jay finally broke. Uh, that was the one I think right there is what I'll pick as 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 the winner here because I've been waiting the entire time for Sami Zayn to break Jay Uso and he actually laughed at that one. So to me, I, I can't think of of anything better than that than the segments and the promos in culmination that Sami Zayn has had with the Usos leading up to Sami finally breaking Jay uh, on television. It's a good call. Um, can't complain about that. AJ, what do you got for your promo or segment of the year, man? Uh, I'm going to also go with feeling Uzi cause uh, there was a, there was a, I don't remember what it was. Someone was like interviewing Solo Sokoa, I think. And he said, man, Sami Zayn is just so fun because every time he's trying to break us, like he's trying to make us crack, trying to make us corpse on air. And that was the straw that broke the camel's back. You, you had Jay covering his mouth. You had Jimmy just like laughing the entire time. Apparently Solo laughed too. Roman even lost his composure. Like it, he finally made them all crack. The one thing I will say though, as an honorable mention and maybe even it's a dishonorable mention is any, for some reason, because I'm one person that always says, like, I hate the fact that they made his name not, like, everything else with his family, like, part of his name. But every time Braun Breaker does a promo, there was a, <laughs> I think there was a triple threat match where he actually used the 33 and a third percent. And I'm just like, oh, no, <laughs> he's, he's going full Uncle Scott. Oh, no. So they, they kind of acknowledge the fact that he's a Steiner, that he's going like he he has the rick tendencies he has the scott tendencies obviously but for me promo segment of the it has to be feeling oozy it, it's the first time that we actually saw like full corpsing out of all of them just dying of laughter again a, a very good call and one that i cannot take a lot of uh umbrage with kenny what do you got for your uh promo or segment of the year man well you see like i would have normally gone for the UC. You know, because I mean, I kept rewinding that and watching that because <laughs> it just cracked me up. Um, I want to give an honorable mention, though, to a segment on SmackDown where, oh, man, main event Jay was so good when he's running down Sami Zayn. And he's like, my dog this, my dog that. Like that one. I love that. Right. Because he goes, I don't give a damn what the tribal chief says. And then they zoom in on his face. And then Roman's just like, what the fuck? Like that segment i want to give a shout out to but the promo and segment for me man has to be mjf on cm punk the mjf on cm punk when he the layers to it the photo the you know this i stopped doing this because of what you did and da, 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 da. it just it just felt so real and because they had the layers with it with the pictures and stuff to back it up you know it just went beyond oh this is just like a wrestling story like this is a, a wrestler that has inspired another guy to become a wrestler. And this actual reason when he left WWE and left everyone else, it, it, it made, you know, it made him think this, it just was so good. The promo was so good. Um, I, it just had to, it had to be, um, picked by me, man. So yeah, MJF's promo on, um, on, on punk, uh, another shout out to Ricky Starks on MJF, man. Ricky Starks has come into his own this year. So that's an honorable mention there. Yeah, I I wonder because 
the segment I was going to give an honorable mention shout out to was the uh, you know Jay's just not feeling oozy. That segment was like like you guys are saying for all the reasons making everybody break character uh, and and lost in all that is you know the the oozy moment was one thing, but when Jay says, "Man, I don't give a damn what the tribal chief says," Roman's reaction in that moment where he just picks his head up and the camera zooms in on him as the crowd's like oh fuck and you know you even get the huge fucked up chance and all that so that probably would get segment of the year but when i think of like promo of the year um and kenny i don't know if we're talking about the same one but for me it is mjf it's the pipe bomb on the june 1st 2022 dynamite right after all double or nothing where he goes off on tony khan and about all this stuff and you're just like the comparisons to CM Punk's pipe bomb were one thing, but when you're watching this and you're really not sure, is he shooting or is this a work? And it's got to be a work, but then you get those moments in your mind where like, I'm not so sure anymore what's going on here. Um, I thought that for you know a lot of problems with AEW this year, MJF is not one of them. And he had a tremendous year in this promo to me. And I don't know if we're talking about the same one. I think we probably are. Or, ele- or you're talking about something different then. Yeah, yeah. yeah the one you talk- you're talking about is the the one where he came back and um, when he's right. wearing the red the burgundy shirt, like that one, that's that's different. Yeah, the one I'm talking about is when they were actually going through the feud. Yeah, because um, the one that I so, had, after he does the one that I'm talking about, he disappears until he comes back and wins the uh, yeah. the battle royal or the ladder match, excuse me. Um, So yeah, to me, because the comparisons to Punk were one thing, but just the element where you're not sure, is this is this a shoot or is this a work? Um, I thought MJF really, and he came to another level to the point that when he came back, he was, he came back. And then, I mean, you could talk that that could have been the turn of the year where MJF kind of turned back into a heel uh, after the fans all embraced him. And he was given all this bullshit about how, how, you know, I got to earn it. And he's like, I don't have to earn shit. But anyway, that's my promo of the years is MJF's uh, MJF's pipe bomb on the June 1st, 2022 dynamite. Aesop, what do you got in this category? What is your promo or segment of the year? in a lot of pain right now that is uh part of the mjf uh pipe bomb promo had uh to shout out I, you know i had a 1a 1b and i was waiting to see who took that pipe bomb promo because i had a feeling someone was and, uh, in an honorable mention it, say what you want about aw inmates running the asylum yes that can be a real shit show but when it works you get a Ricky Starks promo post match that is so fucking tremendous. It is literally going to catapult Ricky, Ricky Starks into the main event scene because he was kind of middling. That was that's one of the guys that Ricky Starks wasn't doing shit. He held that what uh, not um, was the FTW belt. I don't even remember. It, it was the FTW. So inconsequential, just completely pointless belt. But he was supposed to just sit there and take that MJF shit. And he ended up grabbing it. And he even he mentioned it in uh, some interviews later on. He just winged the entire promo. We don't get that promo if AEW doesn't kind of have that system. And to me, I was I was shaking. I knew how good Ricky Starks was, but we haven't seen that since he was on um, MLW. Right. This is something that was so amazing. And I could go back and watch that over and over. He was so pure in his in his feelings. And 
again, I, I think I have some bias because I tend to cut promos in a similar fashion. You know, the, the booker tells me, yeah, yeah, you can cut a promo if you want, if you don't, blah, blah, blah. and more often than not, I'm going to, and I'll just shit on everyone. So uh, seeing that and seeing the crowd rally behind him so tremendously, Ricky Stark's promo is my favorite promo of the year. Though, like I said, MJF's pipe bomb is a sliver behind. That's yeah, dude, my promo, that promo, I have to agree with you. That Ricky Stark's promo, literally, it, his cadence is one thing, but it was the way it built. And you can see the crowd just building with him, like as he's going yeah. to, and then he goes to another, and then he just takes it. It's like a Mortal Kombat finish him. He just, just, took it to a completely whole cherry on top with that spear right at the end. It was so huge, so big. And it's important for them to develop stuff like that, to develop new kind of like new kind of rivalries, things that you're not exactly looking for, something that's not just the core guys involved in AEW. So I thought that, you know, another promo we didn't mention, but I, I kind of just thought giving it a shout out. Austin's Theory promo after he lost the Money in the Bank briefcase and explaining that and rebuilding himself in the moment where so many people are like, oh, he's just being buried by Hunter. And then you realize, no, he's not. Hunter got rid of that briefcase because it was holding him back and repackaged him in a way that now look at where Austin Theory is. I think another one we're missing, and it's not necessarily a promo, it's, it's more of a segment, was the interview with the one-on-one with Seth Rollins and Matt Riddle. Yes. Where Seth, mm. it cut out, and Seth is like, oh yeah, like your family, and you can't see them anymore, and you know, Riddle said cut it, and where is this guy, and you know, that, that felt real. That, to me, was like serious contender, because those guys did a good job of bringing in what they they legit had beef in the past and, and problems and coming in and going, all right, we're going to work together. We recognize each other's talents. We have respect for each other in that light. And so much so that we're going to allow the past to come in a little bit and, and go as far as they did. Um, if you follow close enough riddles in some interesting, interesting. Um, situation yeah. right now yeah. where hopefully he gets better before he gets worse again. Um, but yeah, that was, that was something that, I'll be bringing it up shortly again. I mean, if, if we, if I remember correctly, if someone wants to actually say if I'm right or not, Rollins legitimately said, like, I don't want to work with him at all. He died. Like, some fuck point. him, basically. Point, yeah. Like, I think, well, I think they had a Survivor Series match, and then Rollins, like, they were against each other, and Rollins was like, well, they're, one they're, of us has his to get wife, Yeah, like, Riddle's wife at the time when the before all the shit was going down like said something really bad about becky so they didn't want to work together and blah 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 Man. if you believe what you hear as asap rolls his eyes <laughs> they're all babies all of them they're, uh, yeah they all need hey, when it comes down to it when it comes down to uh, it and the check their feelings hurt maybe there's too many people with soft feelings and fucking wrestling See, I knew I had that soundbite for a reason. <laughs> a break. Thank you, James E. Cornett. I hope, hopefully, got a new a uh, new new uh, tennis racket during uh, the holidays. Say, PC Tunney left. Was, that, that just caused him to leave. That was exactly he left. That was a breaking, breaking point for. I Tunney. was like, Cornett's here. I'm fucking out of here. Fuck that guy. <laughs> All right, let's get back on track here. AJ, we are going to go to you to talk about your disappointment of the year. What is your biggest disappointment in pro wrestling in 2022. My biggest disappointment. And I said it earlier with, and we alluded to it with 
my brother. It's New Japan. They, for me, it's New Japan because they just haven't produced the way that they have in the past. Ever since COVID, for some reason, they've just been on a massive da- uh, decline, going downhill the entire time. And it's just not entertaining like it used to be. It, it's not, it's kind of like they reverted back to certain ways when they first started. Not really the Anoki Genome Federation type stuff but like it it's like it's not watchable you know the names that are there you can guess what's going on you can say like you can make the joke saying Hokata wins lol but it's just be more succinct aj not good it's it's not not good it's really not that good i don't know what ghetto's been i don't know what like bad sake he's been drinking for like the past year and a half two years but it just hasn't been entertaining. I'm not, I'm, I willingly, I'm, I'm kind of almost with Andrew where I'm like, I don't want to really watch Wrestle Kingdom. Like I, maybe I just want to know who wins the IWGP championship and that's it. And that usually happens around like 8 a.m. Eastern. If you guys really want to watch it. Kenny's about to tell you who won. <laughs> no, I just wanted to um, say like, it's, they're going through a bit of a barren run and it's going to continue. But I think, because they're young boys, I mean, Renneria and, and Shota Umino and, the, and Yo coming back, like, once they build those guys, they will have, it will become fresh again. And I think it's just they're in such a stale period at the moment where they lost order. you know, the other guys, obviously they've lost Jonah Rock now and it's it's going to be stale for a bit. Evil hasn't helped because he's just been sh- shit. But, um, yeah, I'm not I, disagreeing at all on that one. Kenny, but, you yeah, can talk your disappointment right. of the year while you're going, man. I, I have a feeling you and I, this is our eating crow segment of the show, but go ahead, Kenny. What's your disappointment <laughs> of the year? Yeah. So this is my disappointment. Um, and if I had my rant button, I would press it. Um, but dude, my disappointment of the year is AEW. Now, this is the reason why is my disappointment of the year, right? Rampage. What the like? You're visibly telling people that the show means absolutely dog shit. You put you you don't put like the same people on dynamite on on um, rampage literally you're telling people this is the age this is who you're going to see on here and this is who you're going to see on rampage and it, and then everyone else is just going to be on some youtube show that you're going to have to try and watch like literally it's the most annoying thing it's it starting out as a good concept is one hour it's a speed thing it's great you have good matches and then it's just like okay all of a sudden here's the trust busters who are the trust busters why is parker bordeaux being signed and coming on TV when you've got Samoa Joe doing absolutely nothing. Like it's, it's the most annoying thing. And that leads on to hoarding talent. There's all these guys that they signed, all these really good talents that are no way to be seen. I see, see them on the dirt sheet saying that they're being signed. They turn up one week, the next week they're on dark elevation. What is that all about? You know what I mean? I, there was a long time where you did not see um, Claudio Castagnoli. You did not. You just didn't see him, um, and that's because he was either going to be on Rampage or he's just on Dark Elevation. Um, and then uh, um, they bring in so many people, man, left, right, and center, and they just one week on Dynamite, the next minute they're on, um, you know, on Dark, and then you're questioning, okay, why is Arya Davari on Dynamite? Why? What is he doing on Dynamite when you've got? you know, this superstar um, just doing nothing. Um, And then the last thing is the titles. Please tell me why there are a million titles on this show which are not AEW titles. 
I, I just don't I don't get it. it. It waters down your main titles. So the TNT title means nothing. TBS title means nothing. Um, you had the Owen Hart trophy with which actually had a belt as well. Um, FTW title. Uh, the, the they're talking about um Hukaru Shida against someone else for the Dream Wave. What is this like? <laughs> it's just watering down your promotion. Triple R titles ran over, man. It's uh, like Kenny. I totally understand your your uh, pain towards this. It's a great idea in concept. The execution is wrong. The idea of bringing in these other champions from outside promotions. I mean, that's territory days stuff. And and it does again on paper looks really good, but they've just executed it so poorly. Um, yeah, I, I agree. I don't, Dave, do you want me to keep Go running ahead. with this? Go ahead, man. I'll, I'll come For in me, after you. It is AEW, yes. For me, though, it's the fucking interim tournaments. We had so many interim tournaments that just did not need to exist this year. And they've just... I know a lot of that is because of injury and stuff like that, but for Christ's sakes, just pick two guys or you know two women, throw them in a match and get the fucking outcome instead of trying to you know draw it out over two, three fucking months. It, it's ridiculous, and it has shades of Vince Russo with something on a pole match. It, it, but at least that's only one fucking match. These interim tournaments were lasting months on end. And that's just fucking ridiculous. Um, again, AEW has so many individual bright spots as a collective, though. Hey. Yeah, Tony, I'm going to I'm going to come back to me before I kick it over to you, because my disappointment of the year is also AEW. And, um, you know, last year at this time, Kenny mentioned it. Brand of the year promo brand federation of the year. Kenny and I both picked AEW because they had all the momentum. A year ago, they literally had all the momentum. You had Brian Danielson signing. You had Adam Cole signing. Miro was doing pretty well. You had, uh, you, you know, all the CM Punk was back. They had all the momentum. Tony Khan had all this stuff that he had that you wanted. If you're going to try and compete with WWE, start with your roster. He had the roster. And you look at where that went in one year and just completely shit the bed on this. And I'll be quite blunt. This last year exposed Tony Khan as an inept owner of a fe- of a promotion of a federation. You just look at the mistake. You know, you look at that CM Punk, that media scrum where Punk's going off, and Tony Khan has got no clue what to say to stop this shit. You you think for a second Punk would have ever attempted that if Vince was sitting next to him, or even Hunter, or fucking Stephanie sitting next to him? He wouldn't have dared to try that shit. But he knew he could because Tony Khan doesn't know how to control his talent. And that has been exposed. It just this whole, it's like you're trying to do all this fan service, but you've got to be somebody strong who your talent respects. They don't respect him. And you saw it all fall apart this year. And I honestly don't know. Like you're saying, Aesop, there are bright segments to be sure. AEW's got talent. They do some things right. There's a But like, you know, the titles you guys are talking about, you've elevated Jade Cargill above your women's champion and attach this stupid undefeated streak dude if sasha banks signs with AEW, the first thing i would do is have her beat fucking jade cargill take the title from her and then you can build jade up behind her in 30 seconds in 30 30 fucking i would have her tap out to the bank statement in 30 fucking seconds fans would pop for that and you would immediately get some credibility 
to your to this fucking bullshit title. But like, so, no, go ahead, Tony. No, no, we. I got to ask you a question about that real quick. Um, oh boy. Sasha, Sasha Banks and and her persona and and character and you know, je ne sais quoi is about being the best of the best and and better than everybody else, right? What part of AEW means I'm better than you? Nothing. I don't MJF. ever fucking see Sasha Banks on fucking AEW. Are you fucking kidding me? No, the, that ruins her brand. If she Tony, loses money, no, no, she's no, no longer she's a not fucking Mandalorian. She she's out lose, of there. She AEW, not lose Tony money, Khan Tony. will fucking destroy her. Do not, Sasha, fucking public service announcement. Don't go to AEW. It'll ruin your if fucking I'm Sasha, public image. If I'll, I'll tell you, if I'm Sasha, I don't sign a three-year contract. I, she's got all this leveraging power. She tells Tony, year. "I'll no, I'll match to match." basically say i'll yeah. i'll come yeah. in Pay i'll come parents. in for this she'll be she'll be on a goldberg contract or you know randy orton somewhere between goldberg See, and randy orton if she, if she may- goes to aw if she goes to aw she is going to get one of the most lucrative contracts you have ever oh, seen in God, wrestling. don't do it I, I, because one one of two reasons one um sasha banks is fucking money and two Cocaine is a hell of a drug, especially to Tony Khan. <laughs> especially to pretty Tony Khan, yeah. But if I mean, Sasha, Sasha being there immediately elevates no, the women's division. Down, it brings, but it brings it her women's division and elevates she doesn't need AEW. It. She doesn't need it. It brings her level down in Hollywood so much. It oh, outweighs the fact that, that she would. Hollywood, one hundred percent. Man, she's had some bit ass part in the Mandalorian. One hundred percent. AEW is just another honky tonk circus running around the country. WWE is a proven entity that is a billion dollar fucking corporation. If they're not going to pay, sells their own content to people so they can manage it and put it out while they collect billions and billions of dollars worth of TV contracts over yeah, short term don't a lot of years. And AEW does give no, money. That's that's laughable. That's like. See, Kenny, Kenny, uh, Kenny, no, no, Kenny's no. trying to talk here. There's no comparison, obviously, between the two in terms of the global status, the company and stuff like that. But in terms of actual wrestling, okay, AEW is a good wrestling entity. It's a good wrestling entity. If you're there looking for straight wrestling, AEW will give you five-star, six-star matches every single night. Every single night, right? I think but, we're getting confused, though. No, carry on. I I don't disagree with what you're saying, right? But what part of what Sasha Banks has done since walking out of WWE has told you anything about her giving a shit about wrestling as opposed to how she's perceived in the United States and globally as an icon and how she can get money and that sort. She's done with she's she wrestling is fine if it helps her out, but AEW doesn't help her out. New Japan helps her out. It makes her more global. AEW doesn't do that. She comes back to wrestle in the States. It's with WWE, period. End of story. Well, WWE, though, does not want her to wrestle internationally. That was the main one of the big reasons why she left. AEW does give her that opportunity. That's a Vince. That's a Vince to Hunter thing, too. The same reason Shinsuke is there. The same reason Sasha's there. So that doesn't really mean anything anymore to me. Tony, while you're talking, while you're talking. What's your disappointment of the year? You know, we've got this has been our most spirited discussions for sure because of our our collective feelings. But what's your disappointment of the year? Uh, The discussion we've had right here about no, um, (laughs) wow, (laughs) damn. 
See, the one thing wow. I wanted to say uh, was uh, I want to like burst the bubble of Aesop and Kenny is if they do a for her match like match uh, per appearance if she's an AEW and she goes and gets the TBS title, we're gonna have an interim TBS title, guys. Come on, don't do that. <laughs> well, th- look, that's why I said a year, year to year basis to me. That's just me, but <laughs> I on, will. I will give it to the irresponsibility that was the booking of the Money in the Bank briefcase on the men's side this year with Austin Theory. Um, This was a Vince call, and what's happening with Roman right now is a Vince thing, and, you know, he kind of just shit all over the briefcase because you knew there was no real way out of that. And if you were going to give him the U.S. title, why didn't you just let him change his persona that night before he walked out? and picking his opponent and taking it instead of coming out and hijacking it. Um, it just didn't make sense. It was really disappointing in the way they did it, but I guess they're in a better place than they were. I, I, I just, if you already knew where you were going, Michael Scott, why did you drive into the lake? I mean, despite what the GPS said, I don't understand. <laughs> wow. Interesting comparison. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, that's, yeah, I, I get what you're saying. That one was handled really poorly and not received very well. And and to the point where the Hunter has said, we got to get the stench off of this thing and, and rebuild this whole thing. Um, it was double disappointment, right? Because the beginning of why you gave it to him and then at the end of why you didn't just let him win the title with it, then you could have done the, the briefcase justice, at least. You yeah. could have just said disappointments of the year are wrestling owners. There you go. That that yeah, that that's okay. not bad, Aesop. That's not bad. All right. But we're gonna we're gonna switch gears here and and keep the train rolling. We're gonna kick it over to Kenny to talk about well, who is your comeback wrestler of the year, man? Uh, comeback wrestler of the year for me is uh, Cody Rhodes because he came back to WWE. Um, and yeah, it's just simple, man. Like I was watching WrestleMania live with the boys, and I you know I was saying obviously it's gonna be Cody, it's gonna be Cody. Um, and even though you know it's going to be Cody, you just wait to hear that downstate song. And as soon as you hear that song, I just knew WWE are giving Cody everything. Like, literally, he's going to get everything at this point because there's no way they're commissioning that song if, you know, um, if he's not going to get everything. So the moment he came out, man, I got goosebumps and I was I was marking out like a little like a little boy, man. I was loving it. Absolutely loving it. Um, and. Then to go on and have the match that he did at WrestleMania, okay? Then um, the next night on Raw, and then to have the rivalry he had with Seth Rollins. Three really good matches and end on the note he did. And then the peck. Oh, my God. It has to be Cody for me, man. That's a great call. I I love the call. For me, um, my comeback wrestler of the year is Soraya. And, and, And let me explain. I know her match with Britt was... Not great, but you know, she's been out of the ring. So there's some ring rust involved there. I'll be interested to see what happens with whoever her partner is on January 11th. Um, but you know, anytime, and, and I love the Cody call Kenny, no, no doubt about that. But anytime you got somebody coming back from what you think is a career ending injury, like she did, and to be able to have the guts, you know, not the balls cause she's female, but to have the guts to step into the ring and, and go at it with somebody like Britt Baker and take some pretty good bumps right off the bat. Um, I, I gave that I gave that to come back wrestle of the year to Soraya. Um, there's another guy, an individual who came back this year. I'm going to talk about a little bit later on. But for me, 
everything going on. I'm gonna, and, and just to show AEW some love, Paige, Soraya, whatever the hell you want to call her, she gets my vote for comeback rest of the year. Aesop, what do you got in this category? Uh, I echo that. It's Soraya. Soraya is um, someone that I did not expect to wrestle again. And when you have that, uh, see that that entity come back in the presence that she held, because she did a really good job with doing nothing, right? And like you said, uh, Dave, the match quality isn't quite there yet. But I mean, when's the last time she wrestled? Has it been five years? Does it feel been a few years since whatever that match with Sasha was? Yeah. And, you know, to me, that gives me a lot of hope, too. And especially like, Dave, if you want to absolutely set the wrestling world ablaze, you sign Sasha Banks and have her in a match with uh, with Soraya and the whole fucking world goes crazy. For that or you bring her in for as her partner she turns on her immediately that would be perfect sasha shit right there you, you know what you might have already just like like sussed it out a little bit because again cocaine is a hell of a drug and i that's to me is the biggest comeback of the year the what cocaine? you just you you guys announcing the fact that that's a possible storyline that's and, and especially since it's for AEW right now is the best that that thought will ever be in existence. Once AEW gets a hold of it, it's downhill from exactly where we are right now. Perfect. And then yeah. we already have then we have a swaggy plan for next year. Well, I was just going to say, Aesop, let's send Tony our Venmo information. Tony, we just gave you the idea. You can send all your money and some cocaine to anyway. Um, no. So yes, please. Yes, please. Kenny, Kenny switched positions now because of whatever he's doing on, on the thing. And now I'm all confused. He's got me confused and I'm frozen again, but uh, well, let, you're, yeah, you're, both, you're <laughs> both gone in my world. Oh, I'm coming back. I'm lines. Coming, you just have lines back. on mine. All right. There we go. There's back. Tony, what do you got for your comeback Hi. wrestler of the year? Oh, now Kenny switched back. Thank you, man. You, you had my order all messed up. I appreciate all right. that, brother. I want to play a little game. I want to play a little game here for this one. Um, oh, Lord. Go, out, go Go ahead and just shout it out whenever it comes into your head. All four of you. Um, people, Triple okay. H brought people Triple H brought back. Ray Wyatt. Johnny Gargano. Braun Strowman. Knox. Uh, Egan Knox. Uh, good brothers. Dexter Loomis. Johnny Gargano. Candice LeRae. Anybody else? Dakota and Yoshi. Well, Yo never left, but Dakota was. D- D- Dakota left. Mia Yim. Mia Yim. Mia Yim. Yeah. Yeah. Road Dog. <laughs> no. I, I was going to say uh, uh, Hit Row, but. Carry across Scarlet Ro- Road Dog's back, though, right? No, I just wanted to hit the the X. Yeah, <laughs> oh. <laughs> Um My 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 comeback wrestler of the year is the Triple H's family of of Your people. <laughs> yeah, there, they all came back. Here they are. Boom! Thanks. Great segment, guys. Hit my music. <laughs> you know. No, I, I, uh, well, yeah, that is one way of looking at it. I, I, I can't take that away from you because yeah, they, there's so many of them who came back under triple H's comeback. Bronson Reed. Bronson Reed. Jesus. There's another one. Yeah. Uh, 
nope, I, I got to give that one to you, Tony. There's there's too many to kind of segregate and divide and conquer. So I'm going to give that to you. I'm not going to complain about it. AJ, who's your comeback wrestler I, of the year? The one thing I'm going to say with Bronson Reed is I'm more upset of the fact that he didn't come back to that banger theme that he had when he was Jonah and Impact. That thing was... After that, banger. That was... I listened to that religiously. Banger. But uh, come back. I, I have to say Soraya uh, as well, especially bang. with the whole she had it, probably five to seven years. I don't remember how long it's been since she had a match, but been a long time since she had a match. The neck injury and everything and the would, match with Britt Baker. She actually bang? took a freaking like a neck head. Uh, on the apron like that was like that was a little uh are you sure about that but she still wrestled she still did everything that like you can't i want to give it to cody i do because he came back to wwe and you know you heard wrestling has more than one family it it was uh december 25th 2017 wow so five almost five years yeah over five years we just we just celebrated the anniversary. That's that's nuts to me. So like all of that, like I want to give it to Cody. Wrestling is more than one family. Seth Rollins is dressed up as a the king from Ready think, to Rumble. But think think about how much better uh, ROH and New Japan were at, at, when Cody left and what happened to them. I mean, oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> True, Cody Cody leaves and everything just falls apart. I'll say this oh, about about Soraya's Soraya's well her her promos leading up to the match with Britt were really solid and really kind of sold that match and you know unfortunately for Britt you know I've been cleared I, I did like that so all right good good stuff man good good uh, good choices all the way around all right so I'm gonna kick off the next section breakout star of the year which used to be called rookie of the year but we kind of expanded it to talk about breakout. Um, of course, I'm going to give a shout out to Sami Zayn because he absolutely broke out this year. I, I don't think you could take anything away from him. But I'm looking at, you know, for this, for still kind of rookie of the year for me, newcomer of the year, it's Logan Paul. I, I mean, the guy burst upon the scene this year and put in the work and just turned in several great matches. This match with Roman at Crown Jewel, I, I still have never seen anybody take a selfie of them leaping off the top turnbuckle and crashing through a table. Um and, you know, and, and and to be fair, and I'm not a fan of the Paul brothers, but this guy sold me on him with the dedication and the work he put in. And now he suffered a pretty significant injury in the course of. So now you realize, hey, it's 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 not fake at all. Um, if the rumors are right and it's Logan Paul versus John Cena at WrestleMania, count me in. Take my money, because I think that's going to be a really, really fun, really good match. Logan Paul is my breakout star of the year, man. Aesop, what do you got here? Hands down, it's that FTG Logan Paul, uh, because as much as you want to despise that man, he is put in some quality shit. And uh, like you said too, Dave, if it is Logan Paul versus John Cena's bald spot, I am all for that shit. Let's go. He's 45, folks. I mean, 45-year-old men have bald spots. Just get used to it. I, I can't that believe the, the amount of hats that he wore. Yeah, the internet's just exploding. Look at John Cena's head. Uh, he's 45. What do you want? Just say, shave your head then. Yes, I'd be cool with John Cena. I mean, just, you know, do your 
cut your hair short like it used to be when you were, Gee, you know, military I wonder cuts. why. I wonder why John Cena can't cut his hair, and I wonder why it looked good from certain camera angles than the other. Hmm. Hmm. Because Nikki was cutting his hair. Is that what you're saying? Anyway, uh, Tony, what do you got? Who's your comeback wrestler, or excuse me, breakout star of the year? I I feel like I might be getting ahead of the curve here, but Chad Gable is really just popping up on my radar left and right. Everything he does, everybody gets to interact with. Shush. You can see that. No, sorry, go ahead. Yes, they're they're on the precipice of making him something, and with Otis behind him. There's obviously a storyline there, whether it's before or after the success that he's about to have. But Chad Gable, I think, definitely is a guy that is breaking out this year in in character. That's going to lead to a breakout in success, I believe, here coming up in in 2023. Chad Gable is immensely talented. I mean, remember American Alpha, how great they were at one time? Oh, yeah. Man, and of course, you know, Jason Jordan and you know had a bad run of luck and that sort of thing. But yeah, Chad Gable's always been enormously talented. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut anybody off there. Aesop, were you saying something? I was just saying, like, PC, are you predicting that he's going to have a breakout? Because that's what No, I thought he broke out I thought he broke out this year into a great character. And I thought that was one of the best breakout things that happened this year was Chad Gable coming alive and being Chad Gable. Sure. Right. Like the whole shoosh thing, the whole like getting more into showing off his wrestling prowess in the ring, like making himself a legit contender for what could be a a United championship moving forward or any part of a championship. Like to me, I feel like this year he moved himself from mid card you know, borderline USIC contender, uh, you know, tag team guy to possible PLE main eventer. Like, I think he could main event a PLE and possibly get a title run if we're That's not talking not about a, if we're not talking about yeah. a United WWE title. If we're talking about one and the other, I think he could do something with one in the fall after a SummerSlam kind of thing. But, like, he, he's a yeah. legit guy. He's he's legit, though. He brings the legitness to it. Sure. I, I'm I'm not a – again, this is all opinion, so I'm not going to fault you for it. I, I don't – he doesn't fall on my radar for that. But, um, you know, biggest disappointment of the year could have been Otis shaving his beard. That, that definitely would have been up there. <laughs> that definitely deserves Yeah, that deserves consideration. Yeah. AJ, who's your uh, breakout star of the year, man? My breakout star of the year would probably a part of me wants to say Sami Zayn just because he's just been that entertaining now. And he's, he's showing that he is that entertainer where he can do a bunch of different things. He's I mean, we all knew he could wrestle. We've all seen El Generico. We've all seen him in ROH and every other company beforehand. But he's shown that he's perfect for the sports entertainment aspect of everything going on wwe wise we made it we talked about it before feeling oozy making everyone crack everything else i i kind of have to give it to Sami Zayn. i would give it to logan paul but i FDG. morally i don't think i want to <laughs> morally i don't want to <laughs> nice well that you know you got to bring your morals in. you got to go with what you feel comfortable about aj kenny what do you got here in your in this category um, so for me, the breakout means someone that's come from, from the shadows. Um, so for me, my breakout of the year, right, it has to be for me, Jamie Hayter. 
And the reason why I say Jamie Hayter is because she has done this on her own accord, right? She has had really good matches after matches after matches when all the spotlight has been on Britt Baker, who is obviously good in promos and stuff, but is not the greatest in, from, in my opinion, in the ring. Now, Jamie can do it. Jamie can do it all. Like she's good on the mic, but she hasn't been given really the mic because she's behind, you know, um, Britt Baker. Um, and she got herself over and the crowd started to see what we've all, you know, been seeing and it's pushed her into where she is now. And um, I, she's the one thing I really enjoy seeing when I turn on AEW because I know as soon as she's um, on AEW and she's wrestling, I know it's going to be a stiff match. It's going to be a good match. It's going to be a competitive match. She's the one at the moment that is really propping up that women's division because I know she is going to have a banger of a match. So, um, yeah, for me, it's, it's Jamie here. Yeah, you know, that's a really good call, Kenny. I, I didn't think about that, but yeah, she's somebody who stepped out of Brit's shadow and as asserted, put her own stamp. She is, I say again, the AW Women's Champion, air quoting that, because she gets undercut by whatever the fuck they're doing with Jade. But anyway, uh, Aesop, rivalry of the year, the last category we're going to do before we take our break. What do you have in this very important category, rivalry of the year? Uh, rivalry of the year has been truly tremendous uh, between two tag teams. It's FTR and the Briscoes. I have loved every second of the matches they have put together. And uh, it's maybe not, not a rivalry in the truest of sense, but the fact that we got three stellar matches together with them has been amazing and foreshadowing you're going to see more of this in the near future uh for this uh swaggies list i think i know where you're going with that but we'll see how that turns out tony rivalry of the year what do you have here man i i alluded to it earlier seth and riddle the 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 personal stuff that they brought to that the matches the physicality that they had coming full, full circle with the real life confrontation they had. I, I definitely have to give it to uh, Seth and Matt Riddle and, and just a testament to Seth Rollins is the fact that him and Cody's rivalry was up there as well. So, you know, uh, Seth Rollins uh, just kind of under the radar, still being one of the best around. I can't, can't disagree with you there. That's a tremendous rivalry. AJ, what do you got in this category, man? There were way too many for me to think of like i'm just like i have to pick one so i'm i'm probably gonna be odd man out here but for me rivalry of the year was just edge and judgment day in general like i i talked about it before where he started it he got kicked out by finn and come back does his whole like the whole thing he's gonna take him down with ray ray clash of the castle dominic betrays him and and Ray in turn, and then suddenly out of nowhere, there's going to also be a Raw match where, you know, you saw Dominic go, Uncle Adam, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Uncle Adam. Like he actually said Adam on air, and it was just like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not falling for that now. Nope, nope, don't even try it. So I like all of that kind of stuck to me, where it was Edge went like this was a creation that I had. It just got taken away from me, and now it's kind of like breaking personal close relationships where i watched this kid grow up and now he wants to try to beat me 
let, let let's see how teacher and student go and we all know how that turned out so i i thoroughly enjoyed that i know i'm gonna be odd man out on that one but it, it was just, it entertained me oh don't worry about odd man out wait till you hear mine but uh kenny what do you got for your rivalry of the year man uh my rivalry of the year is uh cody versus seth um I think it obviously could have gone longer, but then, you know, Cody got injured. But I think for what we got, we got strong um, matches. Uh, you know, it, it started with a debut and, you know, those things end in a, um, or a re-debut and those things end in a hell in a cell. And, you know, I think it just bookended uh, the feud very well. So uh, for me, it's uh, Cody and Seth. All right. So I'm going to, I'm going to go outside the box here. All Everything you guys have said, great choices. My rivalry of the year is the real world rivalry rivalry between CM Punk and the elite because there is no other rivalry that has single handedly wiped out promotion and has put AEW to the point they are a disappointment of the year than what happened after all out with these guys real world. This is a shoot fight that is now carried over into the promotion and has caused all of us to look at this organization very differently and to question tony khan's leadership skills like you let this happened on your watch dude you let this escalate so badly that it permeates and now it's just it's now it's just carried over in this stupid like oh best of seven trios thing is there anybody who doubted this was going to go a full seven matches you know it just it just to me and i know it's not the typical rivalry that we talk about but I look at all the rivalries in wrestling and I say, which one was the most influential? Oh, it's got to be this one. These guys have just shit torn AEW to shreds with this nonsense. I got to give it to that, man. <laughs> I was about to say, I'm going to change my uh, my uh, comeback wrestler of the year. Uh, the comeback wrestler of the year is Crybaby CM Punk whenever something doesn't go his way. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually changing my rivalry to yours um, as well. Um <laughs> Yeah, I'm changing that, man. I'm changing it to that. It's as simple as this. Just when they think they got the answers, I change the culture. Just a dance break brought to you by Church Out Radio Network. Go, go ahead, Kenny. Yeah. Yeah, and punk soundbite too. I'm changing to yours, Dave. I'm changing to that because that really did ruin everything for AEW. It ruined everything. It pissed me off so much to the point where I was like, "What the? F- what has the? Why did this guy do this?" And to- and it- and again, it made me see Tony like this was his time to make a, a, a like an actual stamp on. I am the owner. You shut shut the fuck up. Like you know what I mean. This is. The- shut the fuck up like you just won like, just relax yourself you know what i mean but instead he sat there and made all this he just watched his company go down the not down the toilet but he just watched his company drop a few levels after that um i yeah i have to agree with you dave man that's i'm changing to that now because <laughs> and, and think about changing. it cm punk went from beloved to hated in a matter of minutes when this shit broke, just I mean, like, just like that, it's like everybody loves CM Punk chanting his name to the fans everywhere else. When the <laughs> fuck CM Punk chants going, I, I never thought in a million years after seven years of people chanting his name that we would ever get to that point. But that's what happened. He was on my radar for disappointment of the year. Yes. I really yeah. thought about saying him, um, but you know, 
say la vie. Instead, we got CM Punk and all the disappointment that he has been. Oh, man, mine's better. Are you guys like really like doing a dick measuring contest on soundboards? Is that is that what we've degenerated to at this point? Is that Dave? How long have you been on shows with Tony? You know, you're right, Tony. I'm going to and because of your 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 just your because it's you, Tony. Can you let people know about the chairshot.com and where they can how they can? I don't think I want to anymore. So we could take our commercial break, man. Let people know where they can support the cause. Oh, yeah, I can do that for sure, without a doubt. Just like this. Why should you visit TheChairShot.com? TheChairShot.com is your home for hard-hitting reviews, news, opinion, and analysis. With attitude. Why? Because you're smarter than an average fan. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. Thank you, Mr. Platt. And that's it's always good to hear Chris pimping the product, man. All right, back to it here. Tony, you're going to kick us off the second half of the uh, swaggies here, the back half moment of the year. What is your moment of the year in pro wrestling, man? Uh, Aesop alluded to it earlier, and it's Vince McMahon retiring. Uh, going on Twitter slash social media, whatever, you know, wherever you get your news or your updates from. And just looking at the phone and going, oh. Really? And then going to check, you know, if you're a wrestling fan, you, you have certain places you go and look and make sure and see if things are real or not and things of that nature. And I think if, if you're as big a wrestling fan as myself and the other gentlemen with, with me today, and what a, what a fun show we're having today. Um, you definitely have your sources that you, you trust and, and, and want to check up with, but I was like, wow, yeah, that's happening. And those are real reasons and he's probably not going to be back. So to me, that was the, the biggest moment of the year, without a doubt, um, because we had talked about it. We had talked about it for a good 18 to 24 months is what happens next. Is it Hunter? It's got to be Hunter. Well, Hunter, you know, medical issues and, and, and taken away from everything and, and then coming back. And but what happens next? So we've even had the conversation now since he left is what happens after Hunter and who comes after that. So. It's just a, it's definitely the moment of the year to me, as far as the entire, like that's the biggest boss of all the bosses in the game. The final, final boss for sure. Ah, That's, that's an excellent call, man. Excellent call. AJ, what do you got for your moment of the year? I, this is going to be weird. I agree with Tony because I know for a fact that when we, all like got the news in some way shape or form whether it was on twitter or like a facebook group that you're on or instagram or whatever and you just see vince retires what (laughs) wait wait a minute wait a minute what what no 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 i gotta actually hold on wwe.com vince retired what what what's gonna happen now because everyone had that collective the fuck because no one expected it. Everyone thought that Vince was going to die with the company. He'll he'll be buried under every single ring that's made in every single arena, yada, yada, yada. He retired. Yeah. I I, I mean, hold that thought. But anyway, uh, Kenny, what do you got for your moment of the year, man? Same as these guys, man. Vince retiring. I mean, do you know how much it hurt me last year to say AEW was the, you know, was the number one promotion? Like, literally... 
you know, we all grow up on, on, on WWE. It's the whole reason why we kind of got in, into wrestling, or, you know, the majority of us anyway. And um, for years, it's just, I, I got so close to stopping watching WWE, I, to stopping watching Raw, I should say. I got so close because I just had so enough. That last it was year, just, you had enough of it last year. It's just so bad, so bad. Um, and then as soon as I saw Vince retiring, I I was just elated because I knew I knew it mean, means it's going into a potentially Triple H's direction, and obviously that's what happened. And then as soon as Triple H took over, you just saw the noticeable differences straight away. You saw the noticeable differences, um, and the three hours became a lot more palatable. Um, and you know, obviously, yeah, talents come back and stuff like that. But you know, they brought in kind of someone to look at long term story you know lines as well and things like that and you could it's definitely better than it was before um so it's just it's just changed history basically it's a history making moment it is uh but it's not going to be a unanimous category but i i just ask you guys to have have some patience with me on this one but my moment of the year is cody's return at wrestlemania 38 that that to me was the biggest moment of the year when he comes out like you guys mentioned it earlier uh but that whole thing where like kenny you said it's got to be Cody. You're thinking going into wrestling. It's got to be Cody, right? And in the back of your mind, it's like, I think it's Cody. Maybe not. What what kind of bullshit is Vince going to... Because Vince is still in charge at this point. So you're like, what kind of bullshit is Vince going to pull here to swerve us? Because we all want Cody. All these rumors. You're checking every day. What's Cody's status? But not only his return, but to have... The AEW music, you know, I mean, you know, the the Kingdom by Downstate, and and even beyond that, wrestling is more than one royal family. That I could imagine, I I figured they would do Kingdom, but I didn't imagine they would have that first part on there. But as soon as those words came out, that crowd popped, and his entrance was iconic. The match with Seth was iconic. It was, you know, and it was the American Nightmare, Cody Rhodes. It wasn't Cody from previous WWE iterations. This was the American Nightmare. To me, that was the moment of the year for me. I, I mean, I, I'm, maybe I'm looking at moment differently, um, you know, kind of the way I looked at rivalry differently. But for me, Cody's return at WrestleMania is a moment of the year for me. Sop, what's what do you got for your moment of the year, man? Well, uh, like it's not anything, I guess, wrestling related. Or I'd say like in ring wrestling related, like Vincent McMahon retiring. Yeah, we all expected him to die uh, relatively soon. So, I, I you know, I kind of had that in my brain. And Cody was great, but like you said too, Dave, I, I knew Cody was coming back. Uh, and that was a real shocking moment, I guess, you know, seeing that it was American Nightmare. But the thing that surprised me, I guess, more than anything, are the women's departures in WWE. So I'm going to take... Uh, Sasha Banks and Naomi walking out. And then I'm also going to drop in the release of Mandy Rose. Both of those things were very shocking to me. And, uh, you know, say what you want about how it happened or why it happened. But, you know, Mandy Rose and Sasha Banks were two at the very top of the women's ladder for in WWE, let alone just wrestling in general. And both of those departures were jaw dropping to me. I was I was shocked by that. And whether or not uh, Sasha Banks comes back, just the fact that they did this walkout is is crazy. 
that's more shocking to you than Vince McMahon retiring when we had no idea Vince McMahon was going to come out and just retire. Like this whole conversation is utter and total bullshit. If there was ever going to be a category that was 100% moment of the year, the moment that you all found out and realized that it was true that Vince McMahon was retiring from world wrestling entertainment, that is the moment of the year. That's the moment you didn't expect. It's the most no. influential. It has the most legs to it. It's the moment of the year. It's not even a question. And I want to say this right now uh, under kayfabeness as PC Tunny, not as your personal friends, but it's embarrassing of, for those of you who do not have that as your moment of the year. Play Jim Cornette, and I'm going to break some fucking legs right now. <laughs> Listen. Well, well, you see right now, you know, you, you know, you know, PC is Tunnius, you know, it, it doesn't really matter what goes on hey, what in your head. Everyone's penis? got different opinions. What happened with Tunny's penis? What did you just say? What the hell was that? Uh, Look, it's kind of sore from banging AJ's mom, by the way. <laughs> say what you want, PC, but we had we had weeks and months of Vincent Kennedy McMahon bullshit. And stuff that was very heavy uh, information. And, was, you know, I'll defend you, Aesop. It was a progressive retirement. You could see they were stripping power away from him. More allegations yes. were coming. So it yeah. wasn't completely True. shocking that he retired. Although I agree with Tony, it's certainly a shocking moment. But you could see the writing was kind of on the wall. And the more these allegations came out, this kind of felt inevitable at some point. And you know, honestly, oh, I think he was going fine. to die. I it's was fine. expecting a Joe Paterno it's okay. departure from it's this. Okay. It's fine. My shoulders are. <laughs> oh God! My, wow. Listen, my <laughs> shoulders are big enough. My my shoulders are big enough for us to save face here in this conversation. It's fine. Don't worry about it, guys. Kitty, I got you. Kitty, you one. wanted to add something. I, I could I could tell, man. You wanted to jump in here. No, no. I just think um, Sot made a good point. Like it, it was a progressive thing. Like. It was a progressive thing. It was only ever going to really go this way. When all this stuff started coming out and then more started coming out and then you're like, oh, sh like you're just waiting to see what is actually going to happen. Is it going to happen? Um, and yeah, we were shocked when that moment happened, obviously. But when a uh, shock's right, it was a progressive thing. It was a progressive thing. When Mandy Rose got released, I messaged so many of my wrestling friends. Well, let me tell you, when we sit down and tell the story of wrestling history 50 years from now, I'm sure Manny Rose will be on the forefront of our tongues and the but press. Everybody's getting their feelings hurt. Our, too many people like, saw their feelings and fucking That was historically relatable throughout time. I don't think anything's yes, going to be on. God, thank God she has the best fan time fucking website ever. We're talking about the guy that invented modern day sports entertainment and is the reason we're actually sitting here right now doing the swaggies and you guys want to compare mandy rose putting uh, her cooter out here for fucking sale no, no, give me a goddamn say, break I, give me a break guys, kid cat you guys i'm just i'm just agreeing with what Scott said it was a it was a progressive retirement um, progressively being embarrassed but he's entitled to his opinion that's right it's his yeah. it's his it's his, it's his <laughs> choice uh, Thank you. Everyone's so hospitable across the ocean. <laughs> uh, a, uh, AJ, why don't you lead us in? What is your upset of the year, man? Let, let's get back on track. What's your upset of the year, man? Uh, this one's probably 
the most recent thing that we could probably talk about for an upset of the year. Holy crap, I'm going to be the one that brings up AEW. Action and Dreddy beating Chris Jericho. No one saw that coming. Everyone else is probably like, who the fuck is Action and Dreddy? Mario's kid? Mario, John, one of those Andretti brothers that drives. And having a competitive match with Jericho. Having, like, an actual match. It wasn't a fluke like the 1-2-3 kid and, and Razor. It was, like, it actually went on for a while, and he legitimately beat Chris Jericho. It It's shocking. I understand that Jericho is very old school in the business sometimes, where he's like, I'm going to put this kid over, which he did. And they're having a feud right now. But like I said, if if anyone who didn't know who he was in the independent circuit or anything like that would have the collective of who the fuck is Action Andretti. Action Jackson? I'm sorry. Uh, Kenny, what is uh, what is your pick for upset of the year, man? I like that one, AJ, man. Definitely. I like that one. Um, I'm also going to AEW. And it was uh, when Moxley beat Punk in three minutes. I was like, wait, what? Uh, I did not expect that at all. Not not one bit did I see that in their storytelling, that he was just going to beat him one, two, three, that quick. Um, so that's my pick, man. Yeah, that That's true, yeah. I mean, and I know why they did it, to build up to whatever happened it <laughs> all out, and then that got overshadowed by all the <laughs> bullshit. But um, for me, shout out, of course, to AJ's pick, Action Andretti beating Chris Jericho, which just kind of came out of nowhere. But here's my upset of the year. Tony, you call it a moment. For me, it's the upset of the year. Vince McMahon retiring is the biggest upset in professional wrestling this year. Because nobody saw it coming. And and I mean, even if it was progressive, it actually happening was not something anybody saw coming. Spock's honor. I thought that that was where you were going to put that one. Thank you. That's, that's, that's where I want And And see, I got in Cody and I got in Vince. So it, it, but really, honestly, when you think about it, what's a bigger upset this year than Vince McMahon stepping down as the chairman of WWE? <laughs> the, yeah, Vince McMahon, longtime villain and scoundrel, finally upset by the goodness of society and its moral bounds. And a bunch of hush money. Anyway, Aesop, what's your, uh, what's your upset of the year, man? I am so excited to share this pick with one AJ Belaz because it is 100% action and ready. Holy shit. That was awesome. I was half watching it. I then am like, you know, looking on my phone, going through Twitter and I'm watching Twitter erupt showing all the fucking uh, clips of action and ready getting more and more momentum and the crowd, which, look, I have to give a huge shout out to the AEW crowd. It is the best crowd in pro wrestling. Yeah. It's so fucking loud. And so it, it does yeah. such a good job ebbing and flowing with everything that you see in a match. Um, and they were raucous. They were absolutely crazy. And at the whole thing that, you know, something with an upset you know, me being a wrestler, I, I have some good insight on how these these matches are drawn up. You know, not just the story, but even move wise. This one, I was like, oh, yeah, that's going to happen. That's going to happen. That's going to happen. Oh, and here comes a Judas effect. One, two, three. No, he action and ready getting that fucking pin was so fucking big. And 
not only is this a huge fucking stepping stone for Ashton Andretti, but this is going to propel Chris Jericho even further as like one of the best of all time, because that man is the most selfless wrestler. The amount of fucking gimmicks that he has had and the fact that he still puts in 100% grade A Wagyu beef of fucking wrestling is tremendous action and ready all the way. Yeah, it was one of the ones I had a shout out for. It's a it's a tremendous call. It was an excellent match. Like AJ said, it wasn't a one two three kid sort of thing. It was it was like you're saying, Aesop, the way they structured the match and built to it. But um, Tony, what do you got for your upset of the year, man? My upset of the year happened at the Royal Rumble, and it was Bobby Lashley defeating Brock Lesnar. We all knew we were on a collision course for Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar. Why did we? flip-flop the title there we went to elimination chamber and ended up uh having the shoulder thing with i want to know what was the reason they did that because we never really found out because of what happened at elimination chamber where lashley had the shoulder injury in the pod so yeah i i don't think anybody thought any i don't think anybody on any of the shows i did that i can remember and I do a lot of them come Royal Rumble through WrestleMania season. And I like to do predictions and let everybody and you know, figure out what everybody's thinking and, and get those opinions out there because that's important. Nobody was thinking Lashley was going to beat Lesnar at Royal Rumble last year. Out of 100 times, are you more likely to put money on Bobby beating Lesnar or Action Andretti beating Chris Jericho? <laughs> I, I would just say the level at which I care for each of them matters way more. I mean, that that's, that's at least a fair assessment. That's at least that a qualifying true. statement by one PC Tunney. As, as your lawyer, I'm going to say nice job anyway. So <laughs> good uh, defense. Good defense. Yes. We're getting now we're, into our hey, Dana's lawyer probably would have been like, don't say anything. Shut, <laughs> Just start up, that off. Shut up. <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah, yeah. It's much like when I was in fifth grade for basketball, I dribbled on the court the and fifth. I'd get ready. Just please shoot. take the fifth, Tony. I'd be ready. And she shoot and the coach would be, oh, no 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 and Dave's like no 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 and then I actually shoot and or open my mouth it's good and they're like oh okay okay it's gonna be like big be like big Tony go practice your layups for about an hour man just just go practice those anyway where's the where's the big foot piano yeah exactly FAO Schwartz but uh Kenny we're into the match of the year categories now and we're gonna kick this thing off with the tag team match of the year. You're going to lead us in on this one. These are the big categories. What do you got for your tag match of the year, man? Tag team match of the year. We are going to London. We are going to Crystal Palace. We are going to New Japan Royal Quest 2, which I was at. And we are going to FTR versus Aussie Open. Guys, I'm, I'm not even too sure if you've even seen this match. But when I tell you this match was an absolute banger, like literally it rivals that match with... um. Uh, with the Briscoes, every single match with the Briscoes, the way these two smashed each other all over this arena was amazing. The near falls, the back and forth, the um, the combat, the tag team combination moves. Um, Dax got cut hard way. He got busted open hard way horribly. Um, oh man, it was just and to be there as well. 
it it was just a uh, a, um, a beautiful thing to see, man. A beautiful thing to see. And FTR are a real definition of what a world champion is, defending their title all over the world. Man, it was just a, a thing of beauty, man. And actually, it was the first time um, I took one, one of my boys um, and it's on his bucket list to watch New Japan. Um, I had already watched New Japan, uh, but for him, this is one of the last things for him. And um, I took him and to be able to see that match, man, yeah, it was amazing. So for me, FTR versus Aussie Open, if you get a chance, try and find that match, man, because that match was off the chain. Yeah, I, I mean... I knew that you and Aesop were going to talk FTR, so I kind of steered away from them because, like, well, I know they're going to talk about it. For me, the tag match of the year, and I know this one technically, technically speaking, wasn't, you know, from a from a in ring status, the moves and all that wasn't as great as some of the other ones. But for me, the story being told, it's the Usos versus the New Day, November eleventh, twenty twenty two, SmackDown, where the Usos eclipse the New Day's record. Because I love the I love the story being told. These are two of the biggest rivalry tag teams that we've seen over the last five years. Who all they do is put in great matches against each other. And with the story they're telling in this match, with the Usos trying to beat the New Day's record, the New Day trying to prevent them from it. And make no mistake, the match was awesome. And I love the match, but everything going on in the match, the, it just to me it put it on a different level to me with the story that they're telling and. Honestly, never thought that anybody was going to eclipse the New Day's record in you know the next decade, and for it to happen against the New Day, it just put it on a different level for me. That's just my my personal choice. Um, Aesop, what do you got in this category, man? I know it's going to be FTR, but let's see which one of it is which one it is. I could have picked any of the Briscoes, but I got to go with the first one at Supercard of Honor. The, that was such a fucking tremendous match. Um, and I'll be honest, I uh, uh, shame on me because I slept on FTR for a long time and they have just skyrocketed so much especially over this past year but this match with the briscoes was so big i believe that was the first ring of honor pay-per-view uh sent uh, you know with the acquisition by um tony khan so to have that fucking match there and then lead into a two out of three falls match and then uh, a double dog collar match that was also out of this fucking world. Holy shit. And you couldn't help feel that there was the start of this like weird passing of the torch because the Briscoes have always been looked at as one of the best tag teams in the world. But, uh, you know, and now they're getting up there. They're old as fuck. Let's just be honest. And FDR has kind of taken their spot. They're this gritty tag team now, but they have this technique that is, awesome the chemistry that they share between each other uh yeah you know i feel like i'm saying too much fdr and the briscoes supercard of honor yeah it's a great choice man excellent choice no doubt about that tony what's your uh, tag match of the year man i i've said i've wanted to see two matches if i could of anytime anywhere anything one's brock lesnar versus andre the giant both in their prime um, think about that if you hadn't before. The other is the Usos and the Briscoes. One real set of twins, one fake set of brothers. Uh, 
or fake set of Briscoes, I should say. Um, but yeah, it, the Briscoes, shout out to them. But I will, I will put it out there: Usos versus RK Bro in the tag title unification match. The Randy Orton and and Riddle really put their bodies. I'm pretty sure Orton went through the table. It, it was a fairly involved match, so the significance there is where I'm going to lay uh, the the tag match of the year and and heck of a match for a SmackDown back in May. Yeah, it's funny. SmackDown had some really, I mean, you've got what your match of the year was on SmackDown. Mine was on SmackDown. And of course, Raw is the better show, according to PC Tunney. But we're not going to get into that right now. Well, <laughs> eh, I mean, when, I when you put it, when you shut know. up, Dave. <laughs> AJ, AJ, what's your tag match of the year, man? So, Dave, I'm going to. Main events, women's main events, Dave. <laughs> we're getting there. Dave, what I'm going to say with, with what you picked, there, that's just one thing that I like with wrestling, if they actually do it, is if there is a monumental record, you face off against the person who has that record. I always love that. I liked it when uh, Bobby Roode was the longest reigning Impact champion, and to become that, he had to beat the previous one, AJ Styles, and he did. So I that that's something that New I Day, always like. couldn't face demolition because reasons, but anyway, I, know. I got you. But Cocaine like I, I, yeah, cocaine is a hell of a drug. But I'm going to agree with Kenny and Aesop with an FTR match. But I'm going to agree with Aesop that Supercard of Honor tag team match was phenomenal. Like there's nothing else that I could really say about that. That was just such a banger. Weird for me to want to watch ROH again. Weird for me to want to watch AEW again because I've been so on the fence with them. But FTR has been bringing it. Briscoes, they're in their late 30s. I think Jay's 38 and Mark's 37. But they actually, they brought a lot to the table. That first match, amazing, incredible, phenomenal. I'm not discrediting the other two. Kenny, if I probably watched that, uh, the one in London, I probably would have agreed with you, but I didn't. So that's why I didn't. I, I can't really flow with what you're saying, but I can definitely give it a look-see. But that Supercard of Honor match, that was just incredible. So there you go. Uh, kids at home, go watch FTR versus the Briscoes or Aussie Open. And, you know, you'll you'll probably learn something from that. We are now going to head into Women's Match of the Year. I'm going to kick this one off. Um you know, for me, I saw a lot, a lot of women's matches this year, obviously, but like Bianca versus Becky from WrestleMania 38 is still the one that I, I gravitated to as kind of like, I lo- I mean, you know, long-term booking with, with Becky and Bianca and Bianca trying to erase the 26 second defeat at SummerSlam where I was at and, uh, and the story they told and, and just, it just elevated Bianca to a different level i thought once she broke through and was able to beat becky capture the title which she still holds to this day um to me that was just i, I love that match it was one of the highlights of night one of wrestlemania i still don't understand why you put both women's matches on night one you know aesop talking about how night two was kind of a letdown maybe you could have switched one of those matches to night two just saying but for me bianca versus becky from wrestlemania was the uh best women's match i saw this year aesop what do you got here yeah, uh, I'm going to be short and sweet about it. it I had uh, Bel Air and Lynch as well uh, at Mania. Um, a little bit of a shout out to the triple threat with uh, those two in Asuka as well. That was another good one. Um, it, women's wrestling kind of took a, 
a hit this year. It, uh, it wasn't. It wasn't bit. as epic this year as it has been. That's for sure. Yeah, and um, the one that that sort of sticks out in my brain is Bel Air and Lynch, and it's for all the reasons that you said, Dave. Tony, what do you got here, man? Uh, Aesop's shout out. I mean, that triple threat at Hell in a Cell was just a. I mean, that set the tone for the show. That was the curtain jerker. You add Asuka to the, you know, what was going on with Bianca and Becky at the time. And it was just a heck of a match in which there was no downtime in that match. That was just move after move after, you know, uh, making sense consecutively. And that's what you look for in those multi-person matches. So to me, it was the triple threat for the title at Hell in a Cell between Asuka, Becky, and Bianca. Yeah, good call. AJ, what do you got here, man? What is your women's match of the year? I'm not going to lie. I thought we were going to have a unanimous vote, and then Tony, Tony <laughs> swerved Tony's, that a Tony's little bit. Tony's Tony, man. T- t- Tony, Tony did it. I thought the triple threat match was better. Yeah, Which is You're fair. not wrong. You're like, not wrong. Like, yeah. like Aesop said, we had so many women's matches that we could probably that we probably forgot or that's just lost on us for some reason. But the one that sticks out is that long-term burn of Becky and Bianca. I think this was also like when Bianca cut Becky's hair and she had that terrible bang job. I'm not going to lie. I don't know. I don't know what she was going with that, but (laughs) it did not look good, but like it, it showed Bianca wants to fight. She wants to try to do everything to to right that wrong of what happened at uh, SummerSlam. Yeah. Wrong SS. I was about to say Survivor Series. But I, I know for a fact if Platt was here, he would still say that they buried her just because that's Platt. But like they did that perfect where it was a redemption arc. Like Bianca, probably not prime yet. But she's showing that she can still go. She can still do things perfectly fine. They had the the rebound match at uh the actually this year's SummerSlam. We know Becky got hurt, but Becky like acknowledged was like, yeah, no, you beat me. I I'm, I'm not a bitch anymore. You actually beat me. Yep. Yeah. I mean, yep. Everything you said. Everything we've all said. Kenny, what do you what do you got here, man? Uh, before I give mine, just a shout out to um, Shuri versus Julia. I mean, that rivalry this year and stardom has just been out of this world. Um, and I would definitely recommend some people, like, if you can get clips of stardom, watch it, man, because these women don't mess around. They do not mess around. Um, uh, also, um, I'm also picking Becky um, against Bianca. Um, it was a toss up between the WrestleMania one and the SummerSlam one, because the SummerSlam one was was wicked man the summer sun one was amazing um but yeah for me it's the wrestlemania one um yeah just everything you guys have said man it's just you know part of a rivalry part of a story um trying to you know redemption arc for summer the previous SummerSlam. bianca's come on leaps and bounds man and i think you do have to have the right kind of dance partner to be able to do that and you know um she's she's lucky in the fact that she's where she is where you have all these amazing women's you know uh wrestlers in the company that you can have bangers with so yeah that's my that's my match yeah think about who bianca's got to work with the last two years sasha banks at 37 becky at 38 only one missing she's worked with bailey there's only one hill left to climb that she hasn't worked with as far as the four horsewomen so i imagine fabulous. That, what's that fabulous moolah yes 
yeah, they're going to dig up her bones and get her ass out there. I'm sure a lot of people would like to see Bianca exact some, some them ass bone. yeah, them bones. <laughs> them bones and bones and bones and bones. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Funny. We're going to go to men's match of the year. This is Aesop's category to lead us in the discussion. Aesop, what do you have for your men's match of the year? Well, it's been uh, briefly mentioned at a point in time, and uh, I think I know PC knows this about me, but I don't know about the rest of you three. I am very favorable to the uh, European style of wrestling, and Gunther and Sheamus at Clash of the Castle is so up my alley, I would make sweet love to that match. Um, I I would hurt I, like more than the match. I think I was about to say the <laughs> amount of considering, slapping, considering love parts would be involved. Hey man, I uh, I like it rough, and clearly those <laughs> two do as well because Gunther, uh, close personal friend of mine, you know Walter, we message on uh, Twitter time to time. I got the messages to prove it, but um, uh, Gunther and Seamus kicked the fucking shit out of each other, and it was beautiful. And you know they loved every bit of that. And that is what a fucking wrestling match should look like, people. You should go in there, kick the fucking shit out of each other, have a lot of fun doing it, and then sprinkle in some humor here and there because I need that for myself. But that is my uh, men's match of the year. Tony, correct me if I'm wrong, because, I I mean, hasn't Walter Gunther gotten – this men's match of the year, like, isn't this the third year in a row? Like he had dragon off one was two years ago, dragon off last year. And now oh, I don't think it was a unanimous, uh, unanimous, but I think, you know, there was a near he was, unanimous. He had to have been on there for last year. Cause that, uh, Ilya dragon off match with him was, I, I definitely awesome. remember voting for that. So I, think I, I, I did too. I and then, definitely know. And then the year before, didn't he have a, just an absolute knockdown drag? I mean, he had a few of them. Like oh, Tyler Bay. Slow down. All right. Slow down, yeah, guys. <laughs> We're crying out loud. For fuck's sake. You're the oh, statistician. You're the record keeper, Tony. You're supposed to have this information yeah. at your fingertips. Uh, maybe you shouldn't keep giving me drinks. Um, You're the one drinking. Well, yeah, you've you given him. Uh, that was a, all right. You know what, AJ? You're no longer phenomenal. Yeah. Definitely, those things definitely happened here as I look back on the records. I don't have, uh, oh, yeah, okay. I, I see where you're coming from. So, All right. Yeah, All so, right. I mean, Gunther, Walter, whatever the hell you want to call him, quietly putting together a, tr- yeah, quietly putting together a tremendous resume as a top-quality performer. Tony, what do you have for your men's match of the year? I, it's it's Seamus and Gunther. You could have skipped the whole, you know, uh, Spanish Inquisition on me looking back on the record, and I could have just thrown this out here to <laughs> you that this testing is you, Tony. what testing this, you. Let me testify. Let me testify, and hopefully not get kicked out like Devon did from WWE and whatever the uh, recent storyline. Uh, but yeah, it was amazing. You can see the build and the match in their bodies, literally. I mean, that's nuts. AJ, that's are, are, are we still on the path towards a potential unanimous category here? Uh, I think, it, well, I, I think it was the, 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 like the new day podcast that they have for, for my pick. 
I like two big sweaty meats beating each other. It's the it's, yes. it's Walter and Seamus, Gunter, Seamus, whatever you want to say. It was phenomenal. You cannot say anything otherwise. Hell, even everyone's favorite uncle of wrestling gave that a five star. He doesn't yeah. really give it. Exactly. WWE. Exactly. Five star. Kenny, Kenny, you were there. You've already talked about it. Now, I, I think the only thing that could possibly match it because of your personal preference would be Drew and Roman, but I don't think it's going to get it. I'm just going to get confirmation from you, man. Two meaty men slapping meat. <laughs> um, yeah, man. It's 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 Seamus and Gunter, man. Uh, guys, I really wish you guys were there, man, because to watch that live was something unbelievable. Literally, the atmosphere of being in a sixty-five, you know, um, thousand-seat stadium with everyone just like it was. It was amazing, man. I want to give a shout out to Okada versus Osprey though at, at Wrestle Kingdom um, last year. That that was a fucking banger. Uh, but yeah, it's Gunter Seamus, man. It is our third unanimous category. I don't think I need to extrapolate a whole lot on this thing. Gunther, Walter, Sheamus, Clash of the Castle, Intercontinental Championship. I really hope they run this back somewhere in the next few months leading up to WrestleMania. Because, um, you know, I think that Gunther's got so many possibilities of people he can work with. And they can really elevate those matches into physical spectacles like this one was. Great choice. Unanimous category. So, oh, so Kenny, Dave, you, you, you didn't. I was about to say, you didn't see the uh, the rumor mill that who he might be facing at Mania this I heard, year. Are they talking Brock? They're talking Brock versus Gunther. That, take that, take oh, my that money. Take my money right now. Take my Gunther's fucking money right talking, now. Gunther's talking Brock. That's who's talking Brock. Give me Lashley against Gunther. I'll take that as well. I wouldn't be can't upset you, about can't, that. Can't you just give me a Gunther and Sheamus match? Wouldn't yeah, that, uh, that, that, that'd be good. Uh, he had, back. I, I want more. When's the last time you saw Seamus have a five-star match? He was supposed to be retired by now. His neck was supposedly mm-hmm. going to retire him, and instead he's having five-star matches with you know, the Intercontinental Champion. So, yeah. Also, this was the reformation of, of, um, of Imperium. Yes. Because this, this is when yeah. she uh, came back uh, as well at the same time. So, yeah, it was a really good match for him. Unanimous category number three. We are now into the final five. And PC Tunney, you are going to kick us off your overall oh overall oh. match of the year, man. Yeah, we just talked about it. It's Sheamus and Gunther. It's it's the match. I mean, it it sounds like the match of the year. It looks like the match of the year. And I imagine, Kenny, if you were there, it smelled like the match of the year. However, that happens with, you know, the old factory senses and such. AJ, what do you got here? Is this your overall match of the year as well? It is my overall match of the year, but I, I'm a little concerned of the, even smelling whatever that entire match was with all the blood, sweat, well, and whatever else I, happened. I, but. I mean, if I was you, I would start smelling things. I don't think I want to smell that, but yes, it is no, definitely I, my I, overall match of the year. That should be 2022 match of the year in general, not just a candidate in my I opinion. Don't, might help your wrestling fandom to start smelling things. Kenny, uh, I, I think I'm good. <laughs> Kenny, what do you have for your overall match of the year, man? The same, man. The same. There's nothing better. Those two. Seamus, Gunter, match of the year. Now, so, do, do we have our fourth unanimous no, Aesop? We, we, we don't. We, I, I'm going first, and then I'll turn it to Aesop. I'm about to piss PC Tunny off royally here. Because when I look at overall match of the year, 
I'm looking at something different. I'm looking at story and a lot of intangibles that are being told. My overall match of the year, watch PC Tunney. It's Stone Cold Steve Austin versus Kevin Owens at WrestleMania. And Tunney's gonna say not, it's Tunney's gonna say it's not, not a match, but I know not a match. But there's a referee and there's a three count. Austin coming back, you know, and he could have been comeback wrestler of the year, but it's just one match. And I'm like, I wanted to save it for here. Austin coming back. Nobody thought he was going to have a match. We went for months, Tony, right? It's And I know I know what you're saying, that it's not a match, but let bear with me here. We thought, okay, it'll be a moment. Greg's saying it's going to be a moment. They're going to do some sort of segment. Nobody thought it was going to be a full-on match, let alone Austin taking a suplex on the fucking concrete floor after being gone for 20 years or whatever the hell it was. These guys had a hell of a match. Uh, Kevin Owens selling everything. Austin putting, oh, I mean, for Austin to come back and, and do a match with Kevin Owens. But I just, I loved so many things about this moment and this match. We're closing out WrestleMania night one. And for me, and I know a lot of people are like this. I never felt like I got closure on Stone Cold's career. And this went a long way towards me. And it went over so well, he's probably going to come back this year. Taking nothing away from Gunther and Sheamus. I just thought for overall match of the year, for everything going on, for the story being told, for the moment engrossed in this match, and for them to deliver as well as they did, Austin and KO gets my overall match of the year. Go ahead, PC. Go off on me. I, I, I'm ready. The other, guys don't, the other guys don't seem as pissed just, off as you probably are. No, so. they're just waiting to see what I'm going to say. You no, did that. That's it's fine. because we acknowledge no, no. it as a match. You don't. I, it's not a match. Aesop, what's your overall match of the year? I mean, am I completely crazy or or, or what? Well, if um, if Dave's going to pull some bullshit, I might as well. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Go for it, Aesop. I, I, I don't have one match of the year. I'm going to give it to both Gunther and Sheamus and FTR and the Briscoes. It's a tie. How, how do you pick the two? There are two completely different styles of wrestling. Uh, exactly. Not only just a single. you pick those two? Not not just a singles to a uh, a tag, but also modern wrestling and to more of a classic style, an American style of wrestling, you know, slash, you know, even lucha style to, uh, you know, European style wrestling. There are two opposite ends of the spectrum, and I would watch both of those matches back to back every day in 2022. It's not the first time we've had a split I, vote. I'm pretty sure, Tony, we've had some ties in the past here and there. We're just couldn't make. So it's, it's, I acknowledge you Aesop and your pick. How about that? I, I was best. I can smoke a bag of that. That was, that was, <laughs> it, it makes sense. Oh, Aesop, I, I can do it. Us Jewish guys got to stick together this time of year. Yeah, yeah, sure. What the fuck? Anyone should be accepting of that. It's you, PC. You are the king of ties for these picks. <laughs> That's true. I'd like to announce a tie. <laughs> Just go back to the streamies. <laughs> <laughs> let's uh, let's move on, though. I mean, that that was that was fun. I mean, I, for overall, I always look at I mean, we've done it, Tony, you know, in the past when we've talked men's wrestler versus overall we had some different stuff last year as as an example i know there was a debate with drew and roman last year so you can see where we're coming from but aj you're going to lead us on this one your female wrestler of the year what do you got here and and this is where the blaz kicks in in me this is where i throw the curveball that i know no one else is going to have the answer 
that I'm going to give, and my answer is Diana Perrazzo. The oh. she was a long reigning Reina de la Reinas, the the women's AAA champion. She has always been up there in the knockouts picture. She won the tag titles. She she's been just on a roll no matter what she does in Impact Wrestling, and also going outside of that being like I said, AAA. She lost the title I think in September to Taya Valkyrie. She she's just always been up there. She's never slowed down. She books good all the time. Very methodical wrestler. You can give it to Bianca Belair because of what she's doing with the Raw Women's Championship and everything else. You could give it to a bunch of different people. But to me, Deanna has just always been consistent, whether she's doing it with Chelsea Green with Vexed, whether she's doing it on her own, doing single stuff. She's always just one step ahead of herself every time that she gets into the ring. And also, I completely forgot up until now, the ROH Women's, when she had to face Roxy, she had the ROH Women's Championship for a little bit, too. So, like, she has shown, like, she's doing what we're probably going to say another ta- for the next category for what they're doing, too. But she's going all around the world showing that she is the virtuosa the best women's wrestler in the world today like she's showing it that's that's why i have to give it to her aj i gotta shout out that selection didn't even think of about that but on top of what you said she also got married this year like that's that's kind of a lot to to do on top of all the shit that she's been doing and you know it's not wrestling related but give some props to that woman because she's fantastic all right, I'm tired of shouting out people who do normal shit while, along with doing their job. Like, we all have a fucking job. We all live our fucking life. Yeah, great. I also adopted a cat, made my first fucking, you know, uh, souffle, and and, and, and learned how to... souffle. Don't fucking lie. And learned... <laughs> He's going to deliver to you now, Ace. Yeah, 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 you son of a bitch. <laughs> you were going to get a free casserole, Aesop, but now... No, it's not going to happen. Now it's a souffle. Yeah, now it's a souffle. Oh, Kitty. Oh, no. Now, oh, no. Now you're going to get it and wonder whether or not you should eat it. Yeah. I'll eat it anyways. I ate a fucking pepper. <laughs> for, for, <laughs> for a wrestling for, match. For a wrestling match, yeah. Kitty, what do you got for your female wrestler of the year, man? Um, I just want to say that's a solid pick, AJ, man. I like that. I didn't think about that either, man. That's a solid pick, man. Um, oh, for me, it's Bianca. Um, yeah, I just think that... Uh, yeah, or, you know, the people that she's wrestled, yeah, she could have had, you know, even greater matches. Um, but obviously, you know, we've had people out injured. Remember, Bailey's been out for how long? Becky was injured. Like, we've had people. Charlotte, Asuka was gone. Charlotte. Charlotte had people gone, you know. But despite that, she's held it down, man. She's held it down. And whilst she's held it down, it's allowed uh, it's allowed other people to kind of elevate themselves at the same time, uh, waiting for the rest of return. And then the second half of the year, everyone's back and it's like, oh, wow, she's got all these people to wrestle. So, um, yeah, and the fact that she's still Raw Women's Champion. So um, for me, it's Bianca. Yeah, I, I agree with you, Kenny. For me, it's Bianca as well. I mean, there's been places I thought she was put over a little bit too strongly. Like the ladder match against Bailey, I thought that was a little bit too strong. Uh, putting her over and I think it kind of took a little bit too much away from Bailey but yeah like you're saying when you look at the absence of the the horsewomen you know Charlotte gone for most of the year Becky gone for part of the year uh Sasha gone for half of the year uh Bailey you know that's her and Bianca has been the anchor that kept the women's division very relevant 
um, to the point that she overshadowed badly Ronda Rousey to the point that they had to kind of get the belt off Ronda. You look at how Becky's just supplanted or, ba- or Bianca supplanted her. So yeah, for a lot of the same reasons, I've got Bianca as my female wrestler of the year. Aesop, uh, but shout out to AJ. Like you said, that was a really solid pick that I didn't think about either. Aesop, what do you got in this category? Well, we talked about it earlier uh, with the women's match. You know, there hasn't been super like a, like a big bright shiny uh, bright shining star um, for women's matchups this year. And for say that, say whatever you want about it. The thing that sort of stands out is last January at Royal Rumble, Mickey James jumping in, you know, as that impact over to WWE is huge and her having this farewell tour that she has as well guys she's 43 years old that's that's crazy and i i know pc was you know half joking about you know acknowledging people for you know things you do in everyday life well getting old is one of them and it's a bitch trying to wrestle while getting old let alone being someone who is Mickey James. So, you know, on top of that, she can't be buff. She's got to look good. And uh, I'm sure taking all those bumps, you know, in your mid forties has to fucking suck. Uh, Didn't she just have a kid not too long ago too? I I mean, credit to her. Uh, I, I got to shout out Mickey James as my wrestler of the year. I think her making that jump from impact into the Royal rumble is really just a thing that could have been moment of the year. Definitely, especially since she was the champion at the time, too. And they actually acknowledged it in the Rumble. That it was like, yeah, the Impact Women's Champion. And they played her theme song. (laughs) Yeah, they played Hardcore Country. They didn't play the the clapping. They played Hardcore Country. Crazy. Tony, what do you got, man? Who's your female wrestler of the year? It's not even close. It's Rhea Ripley. It's the biggest impact that a woman's had since China, basically, because she's not having an impact in the women's division. She's having an impact in the men's division. She's like the biggest heater ever. Think about it. Like the way she's transformed her character since she's come onto the main roster, a part of the judgment day, getting Dominic Mysterio over. Think about how much you're going to pay attention when she has her first match back in the women's division. Think about that. Yeah, I mean, building her to her versus Bianca, I think is the money match. I mean, if you're if you're not going Charlotte Bianca, Rhea versus Bianca is is the money match that you want for WrestleMania, right? Rhea has been the underrated build of the year, and she is the female of the year, bar none. Period. I it's a good call. I mean, uh, that's that's thinking a little bit differently, but yeah, I can't can't really disagree with you, man. Kenny. Tag team of the year, man. What do you what do you got here, brother? What do you got here, brother? Brother. Easy money. Easy money. FTR. Um, when I mean these guys are, like I said earlier, um, walking, talking, world champions. These guys are wrestling er- like everywhere. Everywhere. I did not think that I was going to um I knew I was going to New Japan. I knew I was going to War Quest 2. I didn't think I was gonna get to see um FTR, sorry, um, wrestle live. I didn't think I would, and the fact that I was able to, it just made it made the trip, man. Literally, and these guys, like the fact that Dax as well has gone on to have a really good singles run as well. Like 
this guy is in every um and he can wrestle anyone he can he's got a good promo as well um and i think that um you know whether it's a singles run or together these guys have just had amazing matches all over the place even the match they had um where they lost the triple r titles the other day to um dragon lee and drillistico uh that match was wicked like you know th- these guys are just um on such a run this year um and it can't it cannot be um i don't think it can be overtaken by anything by anyone the usos yeah they've had a good storyline but they haven't had the the resume of matches at all to be able to say they're you know, the um, number one tag team in the world this year. Not even the the Young Bucks. Obviously, they got involved in what they got involved with and they were suspended and stuff like that. Um, for me, man, FTR held it down um, and they should have been on Dynamite a lot more. Uh, so, yeah, it's FTR. See, so I think, like, this debate is going to come down really, you're only talking about two teams. It's either FTR or the Usos um, from, from my money. And I'm going to go the opposite direction. I'm going to go the Usos. But, of course, I'm going to acknowledge how great FTR is. I, I think, you know, the Usos, to hold it down, to to accomplish what they've done, to to make the bloodline a bigger deal than it was when the year started, to break the New Day's record. And, yeah, I agree with you, Kenny. They haven't had match quality, uh, some of the ones that FTR has. But then you look at, like, the match against RK-Bro. You look at the match against the New Day. Um, there's been a lot of places where they've worked with teams that they have really elevated them to a different level. Uh, the matches with the Street Profits, Jesus, those there's a couple of those Uso Street Profit matches that could have been tag match of the year that I just forgot about until just this moment. Um, just for everything that they've done and the story they've been involved with. And yeah, I know a lot of that is is residual from Roman. But still, for me, the Usos are the best tag team uh, this year. But the FTR is not far behind at all. Uh, Aesop, what do you got here? Match quality, FTR, five stars galore. And, uh, you know, Tony has made mentions of, like, it's not even close. It's not even close. Sorry, FTR. Tony, what do you got here, man? If the Usos were given the, uh, how, how should I say it? If the Usos were given... No, if if they were given, I was almost there, and you talked. This is a lot like DWI. Um, no, that was a joke. Uh, Not really. <laughs> if the Usos were given the canvas that FTR was given, it wouldn't even be close. Because even if the Usos weren't as good as FTR was in the ring, it'd be so close that everything else wouldn't make it fucking possible. And I'm not saying that FTR is better because. The Usos are just, they're just better. It's more historical on top of it. FTR left. They're gone. They're not, I mean, good. They're, yeah, hey, because we're, okay. we're, the, we're the, we're the best fish in all of the small ponds. All of the small ponds. You are crazy if you're making that. The, we're the, we're the biggest, we're the biggest and best fish in all of the small ponds. It's no all of the small the- ponds. All of them, Come on, man. You can't. I, 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 lo- I love how he's saying small pawns when they have held championships in the biggest promotion in Japan and the biggest promotion in Mexico. Oh, uh, small pawns. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> in a lot of pain right now. Hold one. Arm drag. 
Hold two, arm bar. Hold three, the moss cover. Oh my God, I can put moves on guys, but can I tell a story? No, not quite like the Are w- you out of your mind, Tony? Are we really trying to make that claim? Yeah. Yeah. What are you talking about? You can't tell a story if you're FTR. Sorry, I got like you host, not like WWE. Sorry, they I couldn't got get it done. It's yeah, like, talk up on this. No tag teams in WWE, like apart from the Usos, really. Like they're the ones that's held the titles for the for how long? Over five hundred or whatever. There's no tag teams. That's because there's no tag teams. Literally, there's no. They, they left because they were booked like pure garbage. We've talked about. Imperium. We've talked about the brawling brutes. We've 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 talked about others in the WWE. You guys just forget that you have to sacrifice things for the betterment of a long-term storyline is where we're at right now. And it's why the promotion of the year, the pay-per-views of the year, the matches of the year are all from where you're fucking not thinking about while you're talking about this argument right now. Okay, um, Tony, when we come to doing this next year, right, let's see who they face, right, and let's see the type of matches they have. I and bet AEW is the biggest disappointment again. I'm talking about the tag matches here, okay? I'm not talking about the overall promotion. I'm talking about the actual tag team matches. We'll have the same conversation next year. Um, it, it will pretty much be the same run because the only way they're going to take the titles off of Usos is by having two singles people and put them together to do to be able to do that, and that's what's going to happen. Unless FTR comes back, and let oh now listen, if FTR comes back, dudes, don't even get me started. Usos FTR would be off the chain, and FTR would outshine the Usos like crazy in that match, and still might lose. <laughs> but yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, I didn't even. Well, well, have the, sad, well the sad thing is, I don't. ASL, I'm going to say I don't think they just kind of give into it, didn't they? Sort of a little bit. AJ, look, all right. AJ's got the pressure on him. We've got two votes for FTR. We got two votes for Usos. Is AJ going to break the tie or is he going to leave it tied by coming up and voting for somebody that none of us are expecting? Yeah, I'm definitely going to pick like the, the uh, current MLW tech. No, I'm kidding. Otto Del Fantasmo, which wouldn't be a bad pick, actually. But <laughs> so, so I'm going to make Tunny feel a little better with a reference. But Aesop, Kenny, I'm going to say, yeah, FTR. Yeah, I used the, ri- the revival at the beginning. Say, yeah. It, it, you can't dispute the fact that they've been going all over the world, defending and winning championships left and right. I, what was it? Uh, at Forbidden Door, they had three titles at the same time. The IWGP, the AAA, and the ROH. They show that they can go... They show that they can do so much in everywhere else, and everyone's buying into it. Now, I'm not disagreeing with this. If if FTR did go back to WWE, they'd probably get outshined by the Usos just because, well, WWE, they like family a little more. So that's why they're going to show the Usos looking better than them. But, but that's just FTR, my opinion, man. Hunter's, Hunter's boys, though. You never know. They are They are Hunter's boys. But you have to give it to traveling around the world, showing what you can do, going into different types of wrestling, even. Like, they have to go to AAA to do Lucha Libre. They 
went to New Japan, they have to do strong style. They, they went to Britain, they have to do British like wrestling, like hitting hard and doing stuff like that. And calling their own matches. Even that. It's like like you, sitting here telling you my little Billy, he skipped second grade from first and went right to third. And you're telling me that little Jimmy, he vacuumed the couch the other day. And I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? What FDR to the Doogie Howser or what? Fucking Usos. Ah, congratulations. He didn't pick his nose when you went to church. <laughs> All right. I, right. I can't agree with Tony because he decided to call AAA in New Japan small ponds. I'm sorry, but that oh. that's just no. So just because it's not WWE. Big uh, L. <laughs> FTR gets three votes. The Usos get two. That's as close as we're going to get. And really, you're talking about two teams and you're splitting hairs between two of the greatest teams in the world and probably in history at this point. So, I, I mean... I can only hope that somehow, some way, we get these two teams back together. And I say there's at least a 60% chance of that happening every time. Something wow. like that. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Male wrestler of the year. I'm going to lead this off and I'm going to acknowledge him. It, it's Roman Reigns. I, I mean, yeah, I, I don't know. You know, if we're talking pure match quality, you can get into some different discussions. You could talk about Gunther, you can talk about some different people. But you got to acknowledge the tribal chief at this point, a ridiculously long reign as champion. And he just and his mystique just keeps growing at this point with Roman. I look at Roman and I don't I don't look at the same guys a couple years ago getting booed out of the ring. People are cheering him, openly cheering him. You know, Vince's idea worked many years later and not for the reasons Vince wanted it to. But at the same time, it's like it's Roman's world. We're all just kind of living in it. I'm giving it to Roman Reigns as my male wrestler of the year. Aesop, what do you got here, man? This might be an oddball pick, and I'm probably going to get some flack for it, but, you know, clearly I don't give a shit. Obviously. I'm, gonna, I'm giving it to John Moxley. And Okay. And I'm going to give it to John Moxley because, first of all, we have to acknowledge the fact that the dude – was in rehab to start off like the first third of the year. And then he came back and had been shouldered pretty much all the fucking weight of AEW and put on some pretty fucking good matches. Say what you want. I'm not a huge John Moxley fan, to be honest. But when you when we all acknowledge AEW as the shit show that it is, and then you get put put on your shoulders being the mantle as the AEW world champion and having some quality storylines, quality matches and being the ever present person that he was. He outshines Roman Reigns, in my opinion. Sorry. I, I, I know that uh, that feels like a hot take for no, me. No, no. I, and also before Tony talks, I will say this. You talk about shouldering, you know, carrying the load for AEW, bearing the burden of AEW after the bullshit that happened at, at All Out and, you know, being thrust to the point, we got to put the title back on you. Oh, you were going to go on vacation? Sorry, man. You got to come off a vacation to come in and capture this interim championship and and then, you know, eventually to just drop it to, you know, um, you know, drop it to MJF. But you know, I don't agree, but I, I see your point, Aesop. There's definitely validity to it. It's not a ridiculous pick at all, although I think PC Tunney's about to tell you how ridiculous it is. I have 
zero words on your thoughts. Uh, my male wrestler of the year is Sami Zayn because he's been the most entertaining professional wrestling performer for a while. Period. End of story. And why do you go or watch a wrestling event to be entertained? And not only can he do that, he's one hell of a fucking professional wrestler on top of it. Period. End of story. Sami Zayn is cleaning the fuck up better than anyone has since, man. John Moxley? Ed, <laughs> Cena, uh, Stone Cold. Like, it's, it's like he's legendary kind of fucking status right now. Seriously. Like, Sami Zayn is entertaining people on a level that you haven't seen since the Attitude Era, since, like, Kurt Angle and a tiny cowboy hat. What? Yeah, good for you. You found sound bites. For Christ's sake, here's the mother <laughs> loving of all sound bites right here. You ready? I am McLovin. Uh, no, you're not. No one's McLovin. McLovin's never existed because that's a made up dumb fairy tale name, you. Wow. And he even censored the censored version, no less. AJ, who's your male wrestler of the year? I, this is not going like I thought it would. I thought this would be a unanimous category, but nope. What do you got here, man? I mean, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna give the shout out to Aesop saying. Like I, I would never have said Moxley, but the way that you described it, it makes sense. He's oh, had to God. carry the burden oh, of be quiet, honey. He he's had to carry the burden of AEW God. whenever they're doing like whenever they're in a lull period. It's Moxley who's just gonna be the guy who's gonna say, "Yeah, I'll carry the cross. Fine, I'll do it." <sighs> Like Cena was for a while, where they, they would get gun-shy, they'd put the belt back on Cena. You're giving MVP to the losing team. Are you fucking kidding me? I said I acknowledge what Aesop is saying. Oh, I, yeah, how can you acknowledge the fact that we all say AW sucks, and then you're like, well, their best guy is the best one out there, though. Like, he's most valuable, but they fucking suck! Tony, can, can, I, can I finish? Because all I, all I said was... I didn't think of what Aesop said is a good thought process. Not what I would have gone with, but it's a good thought process. <laughs> I was going to say on the same lines as Dave, if I acknowledge Roman Reigns because he he's not only carrying the championships, he is also kind of carrying WWE in a sense with this monumental run that he's doing. Like I know it started years ago, but... The run that he's on, he's still going strong. He's still carrying. He's still doing everything perfectly fine. He's still the guy. There's a reason why he has shirts that say God Mode, Needle Mover on a different level, etc., etc. He is the guy for WWE. He is the flag bearer. He is the guy who's doing everything to make sure that WWE still runs. Is he putting butts in the seats? Maybe, but he's still the guy to make sure things carry on and look good. I obviously I agree with you, AJ. But Kenny, what's your thoughts on this? Who is your male wrestler of the year, man? Um, I agree with Sop. My um wrestler of the year is John Moxley. Um, now I'm not the biggest John Moxley fan either. Um, but again, it's it's <sighs> look at the year as a whole, man. Like the the shit show that AEW was, like Aesop said earlier, there has been some individual brilliance amongst that shower of shit. And Moxley 
has been a part of that. His promos, his his matches, um, and the fact that he had to hold down this entire company on his shoulders while all this madness was going on. Um, he's the true constant in that company, and he's held it down. The guy was meant to he come. Obviously, he had um, he was in rehab. He come back. He had the title. He was meant to go off on vacation. He was meant to go off on vacation because of the load that he held that he had to hold on his shoulders and then more stuff happened and he had to just hold it down a bit more. And then to be a transition to help MJF then, you know, hold the title as well. I just thought, man, like he has done so much this year. Um, and the thing that done it for me for, for him rather than Roman is because Roman, um, even though he's not there all the time and yeah, he doesn't have to be, but he isn't there all the time. And the others are doing their bit to help hold the show down. Um, and for me, Moxley is just being that ever presence. And again, he's kind of, he's, he's done all of this and held the stuff in the shoulders whilst also holding the GCW title, whilst also going, um, you know, doing Forbidden Door and going to New Japan and doing all that. He's just, yeah, he's just held a lot in it. He's held it down this year. Um, and for me, that's, that's what done it for me, man. There is nothing wrong with saying, um, Roman Reigns is that guy. Oh, no, no, not at all. No, but the thing is, is it's not Roman Reigns holding down the fort. It's really pretty much been the bloodline holding down WWE. If you have Roman off for a couple of weeks, you could still have the, the Usos, Sami Zayn, uh, Solo Sikoa, kind of run the ship a little bit. If Moxley wasn't there for that for that period of time, AEW would, would look a lot worse. This is like saying the Bears would be even worse if Justin Fields wasn't their fucking quarterback. And it's also like saying that fucking if Aaron Rodgers wasn't like is no part of the Packers success over the last four. It's like, yeah, when Roman isn't there, they all can carry the show because they're involved with Roman like you guys are missing the big point of everything here it's ridiculous aren't I'm you very much contradicting your pick then very much no, <laughs> how is my pick contradicted I did pick Roman for nothing no but did, you just made it sound like it was a Roman thing it you guys made it sound like it didn't matter that the bloodline was around and that's fucking horseshit it's like saying, I, what, I, if, what if we started Taylor Heineke at quarterback instead of Car? Oh, never, never mind. Tiny. You probably would have yeah, You're doing that right now, Dave. Yeah, don't even. I'm carrying Barra Horowitz and the Repo Man. No, you know, like, nothing, but there's nothing wrong with Sammy Saints had an amazing year. Roman Reigns has had an amazing year. Moxie's had an amazing year. I just think because I, I watch both and I see I, all of it, I'm just like, it, for me, it's. It's, it's just Moxley, Moxley. There's no consensus in this category. Two for Roman, two for Mox. Tunney's the outlier. Thank you, Tunney, with Sami Zayn. Although that's kind of a nod to Roman a little bit. But anyway, we'll leave it. We'll just leave it kind of. Un- Go ahead, Tunney. What did I say that just pissed you off? I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. It's fine. See, see this is the shit that I miss when Tunney argues with Platt all the time. This is the shit I miss. So I'm just reveling in all of it right now. Yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad we're stirring the pot. Hey, feel free. Call me back. <laughs> Final category. Aesop, you get to lead this one off. Your overall wrestler of the year. Who is it? John Moxley. John Moxley is my overall uh, wrestler of the year. 
Um, we talked about AEW. I don't care what uh, Tony says. Uh, AEW is still a good promotion. It's still there. It's Tony Khan that brings that shit down. And if they can right those wrongs and kind of bring the train back onto the tracks, AEW shoots up to become that promotion of the year again. Now, you know, whether or not they do that, that's an entirely different story. But they can right the wrong. They have the roster to do that. They clearly have the match quality to do that. They have the story capability to do that. Yet, you know, for some reason, you got a fucking uh, nepotistic. Is that is that a word? Child, uh, you know, of, you know, an NFL owner that thinks he's fucking God. Um, get him the fuck out of there. Stop having him be the head guy. Check this out. He's not. He's not McMahon. He's not Vince McMahon. So, Aesop, how about this? What if Vince, you talked about, Vince tries to come back to WWE. He gets (laughs) blocked. He ends up going to AEW and runs it for Tony. Oh, Oh my God. Vince is all elite. I'm down with that. He would, yeah, no, he would, he would, dude, he would grab control of that roster, you know, because half of them work with him. They'd be like, oh, fuck this. He's in here now. Now I got to watch my ass. Um, it would, it would, I mean, I, I don't see any it's, way that possibly happen. Well, I it's don't one know. of the most unfortunate things that, uh, Regal went back to WWE. I love that for him. And clearly he's most comfortable there, but Regal could have helped write that ship a little bit if he would have had yeah. more time. Yep. Um, but again, overall, if if I have to say an overall pick, I think John Moxley is very important to that brand. And even though he is not there right now, you got a lot out of John Moxley between his uh, championship run, between the Blackpool Combat Club, uh, between uh, this and that and everything in between. I think John Moxley is my MVP for wrestling. Tony, are you still around or did you just give up on this, all this shit? Cause I was wondering who your overall pick is. Oh, there he is. He's there. He's putting his headset back on. He hasn't abandoned ship yet. Tony, who's your overall wrestler of the year? Sammy Zane. Deal with it. Wow. AJ <laughs> overall wrestler yeah. of the year, man. Dave, I think we're going to uh, also have this. I think this is just going to be like the men's wrestler of the year. Again, I, I'm going to say Roman just cause everything that he's done even being another thing being a double champion at the moment i know for a fact he was probably hurt in that mania match because he looked hurt but he's he's holding down like the main event everything well i think i think you can debate male wrestler i don't think you can debate overall wrestler of the year when you start bringing in all the intangibles and everything that roman has brought to the table not sammy tunny sorry sammy's good to a point he does not move the needle like Roman does literally does not move the needle like Roman does. I don't think you like, like AJ saying dual champion, unified champion. We haven't had a unified champion. And I don't know when's the last time we had a unified champion for any length of time. And to keep Lenser's last time, and he was as entertaining as Sammy Zayn is right now, Daniel Bryan. I mean, to be honest with you, 
That's like four years ago. But if you're going off of an entertainment right, value, Dan Housen wins for me all the way. You know, <laughs> well, uh, ah, yes, yes. Here we go. The overall pick is now Evilhausen. Yes. Yeah. You know, so, you know that I'm saying if you're talking about entertainment, well, like there are plenty of like low card guys that entertain the fuck out of me. But, but this I, is not card. This is the happening in the place for professional wrestling. I, See, well, and you're putting too much weight on it. I will say this. For, I will you're give, not putting enough on it. I'm going to give a shout out for overall wrestler of the year, not to Moxley, but to MJF because of what he has done and put uh, himself and in a position where just he the most entertaining people ever. <laughs> anyway, Kenny. What do you what do you got here, man? This looks like it might be another split category, but I want to see what you've got in the overall wrestler of the year category. Yeah, man, I don't have too much to say, man. It's John Moxley. Like it's John Moxley. Um I gave my reasons. Same for male. It's the same reason why he's overall. Um Yeah. Just end to end. Yeah, that's it. It's John Moxley. So so I think the swag is here because I know for a fact that we had a couple of Seth Rollins ones with like the Cody and stuff. So, so the Swaggies this year, uh, the Shield wins. <laughs> yes, right. The Shield does win this year. This is the oh, Shield year. Yeah. Well, folks, that is going to do it for the eighth annual uh, Swaggy Awards. Much more contentious, I think it's Aesop's. His presence here has just brought it out of, uh, especially out of PC Tunny. You know, this so Tunny doesn't care. Can I ask? Last, can I ask one last question? Sure. Oh boy! It's going to be topical considering when this airs. Um, who's Who's Uncle Howdy? Uh, uh, Bo Dallas. Oh, yeah, I think it's Bo. I've I, heard Vince. I've heard Vincent from the Matt Taven crew from Arrowage. Why? It's like Ryan yeah, Reynolds, I, Ryan Reynolds, but why? You know, it's like yeah, it's, it's uh, Bo. but Bo, <laughs> Bo was taller than than Bray. Why? Why was he shorter? Well, don't forget in wrestling, boots, you can have your, lifted boots. Yeah, your boots are lifts, and you you do that a lot. Like even my wrestling boots have, I would say, a good two inches on it. Like I, they, I, I, they, I they know say, I, they know I, they know I'm 41. Yet they talk to me like I'm six. I figured it's Andrade. He's Uncle Howdy. That's what they're gonna do. Oh, okay, great. Thanks, thanks. Appreciate it's you entertaining that it's question. John Moxley's Uncle Howdy. That would that break the oh, internet. Right. Yeah, I'm I'm in the same boat where I'm pretty sure it's Bo, but it would be interesting if it was uh Vinny Marseglia. But I who knows. Kenny, who who do you think you think it's Bo, Kenny? Yeah, yeah, I think it's Bo. Oh. Uh, picture there's a picture I saw, um a uh, close up shot of him uh in the ring when he climbed into the ring. It just looked like Bo, man. Did Bo do the who who does the hand thing? Who does the walking down the aisle like with the running, whipping hand finger thing? What? Uh, like, like what the what the f- what? Go what are you drinking? Okay, then okay, then you guys aren't as good a wrestling fans as you think you are. So go back and watch Uncle Howdy walking in and out. No, I'm serious. Go back and watch in and out. He's doing the hole on the side. He's running his hand like this. His finger when he walks out of the ring. Trivia could question. just be the gimmick, Tony. Trivia question for you guys. What did Reagan call the demon in The Exorcist? I don't know. Captain Howdy. There you go. Mm. Boy Howdy. Boy, where's Patrick? Get him on the line. 
All right, oh, look, God. folks, that's going to do it for this eighth annual Swaggy Wars, an extra long episode, but tremendous episode, lots of fun, lots of spirited, very spirited debate. We're going to go around the horn here, let people know where can they check you out, starting with our long lost friend. Always a pleasure to have him back on the Swaggy Awards, shedding, giving us his insight and his tremendous knowledge, no matter what Tony thinks of your picks, Kenny. Kenny, where can people check you out? What do you got going on with your world? I know we're going to see you back on the TriCast, but you know, any chance Sunday Segway is coming back? I, I'm just kind of through. I know Tony and I throw that out there every year. Uh, I'm not doing much, man. I mean, um, you're not the only ones that keep talking about Segway and trying to bring it back or some archive episodes, because obviously with Segway, I interviewed a lot of wrestlers before they ended up going to WWE or AEW. So, it, you know, the archive episodes would have some relevance um so you know i have thought about it um i do still obviously have the audio so um yeah maybe maybe but then again i could give that audio to you guys and you guys can run it on your shows if you wanted to the interviews themselves so i'll be um happy to give that over to you guys but um yeah apart from that man i'm just we're trying to work hard um out here really want to buy a house so it's working really really hard i'm always up for coming on the shows obviously so just give me a shout and i'll be there um and if anyone wants to send me a tweet uh it's at kinney killer on the twitter do you hear that tony he wants to give us the keys to the kingdom my man i'm just i'm just throwing that out there so i've heard that all before I know. Wrestle kingdom. not that kingdom aesop <laughs> no, mitchell <laughs> Yeah, like if you before you get to ASAP, if you want to hear some uh, great interviews, go back and uh, find the Sunday Segway archives. There got to be somewhere. ASAP Mitchell, thank you so much for being a part of the show. You brought out the uh, the best in PC Tunney here during this episode. I don't think there's much doubt about that. Uh, pleasure having you on the Swaggies for the first time. You got a lot of stuff going on. Where can people check you out on the interwebs? Yeah, hey, thank you for having me. I always. Uh, can have some fun ruffling PC Tunney's feathers, whether we're talking uh, um, pop culture or wrestling or, you know, how bad Aaron Rodgers is as a quarterback. Bad luck and uh, uh, Anyway, sorry. Yeah, uh, that is really been a great time. And honestly, it's always a great time being on any of the chair shot stuff. Uh, by the way, you can find me uh, on Twitter at violent Aesop at Dave and Cudahy because I got two different tweets. Uh, if you want, also check out my podcast with my brother down the wire. We are celebrating episode 100 come Friday. So that's a big one for me. And uh, we plan on getting uh, as many clips that we've gotten over the past uh, 99 episodes and just kind of really getting wild with it. So uh, yeah, and would love to have each and every one of you guys uh, on it at some point, and we can talk sports and get stupid because down the wire is the only place that you can, we can talk pro sports in unprofessional ways. Cool. I can't wait to talk about Carson Wentz. AJ Belaz, where the hell can people check you out, my man, on the phenomenally I, funky fresh airwaves? Yeah, you can find me all over Twitter, wherever. You can find it at, hash, uh, at a hashtag. Doesn't matter. You can find me phenomenal AJB, AJB in all caps. Along with being with a uh, guy over there with the spirited debate about AEW, PC Tunney and DPP on podcast EWI. You can find that on Twitter. You can find everything that we all do on thechairshot.com. Go check it out. Articles, podcasts, you name it. We got it. Sports, entertainment, and sports entertainment. 
The Spirited One. PC Tunny, I think you need to change your, your handle to the at the Spirited One. Where can people find you on the interwebs, Mr. Chairshot? I'd, I'd first like to prompt you all not to tell me what to do, but then you can find me at PC Tunny on Twitter. Uh, DWI Podcast. Yeah, check that out. Uh, Chairshot Radio Network, all of your favorite streaming platforms. As for me, remember, send your hate tweets to at Wrestling Realist. That is at Wrestling Realist. Make sure, uh, Tony, how do you spell that? It's R-E-C-L, no I-N-G, something. Something, something. I just put it. I put in P-O-D on my Twitter platform and it shows up. There you go. Shout out to our overlord, Patrick O'Dowd, okay? That's right, our overlord. Uh, but you can find me on Twitter at Attitude Ag. That is at Attitude A-G-G. Facebook.com slash Attitude of Aggression. That, my friends, is going to do it for the 8th Annual Swaggy Awards. Tremendous show. We will catch you next time. Guys, thank you again so much. Happy New Year, everybody. Talk to you soon. All right, guys. Welcome back to the show. That is it. The 8th Annual swaggy awards here on the attitude of regression wrestling podcast my what a fun time and rather contentious there at the end a little bit uh pc tunny not liking any of our aw um our pro aw sentiments there at the end huh (laughs) but uh anyhow yeah interesting history made right off the bat the first time we've ever started the show with a unanimous category which is remarkable when you think there's five of us here we had three unanimous categories gimmick match of the year cody versus seth hell in the cell got that one um best promotion in federation no surprise wwe was unanimous there um yeah i little yeah i i I don't i don't know if i'm surprised but you know, interesting that men's match of the year, unanimous Gunther, 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 Walter, whatever you want to call him, versus Sheamus from Clash of the Castle, uh, a physical masterpiece. Um, so that was really cool. I mean, some of the other stuff. I mean, you know, I think I, I found it interesting. Forbidden Door got quite a bit of love, even though no one. I think well, actually, Aesop did make it his pay per view of the year. Uh, I thought that was cool. I mean, Sami Zayn. I mean, I, you know. Nothing but love for PC Tunney because I have nothing but respect for the guy, and and he's he's usually right up there with anybody as far as being a knowledgeable wrestling fan. Uh, it's kind of cool how sold he is on Sami Zayn, and that's not to say that I'm not or that any other guys aren't. Um, but you know, to put Sami as 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 the man over Roman, um, wow, <laughs> that's that's that is a little bit surprising, but. We'll see. I mean, maybe maybe it comes to pass this year. I don't know. I mean, we'll see if if this is Sammy's big breakout year. If he, uh, I mean, you know, we got the Royal Rumble coming up in a few weeks, and um, you look at people who might be poised to win that. And of course, everybody's talking Cody Rhodes is going to come back and win the Rumble, and that that may or may not be true. Probably is, but it'd be interesting. What if it's Sammy Zayn who wins the Rumble, and then of course he decides he wants to take on Roman. Now, as cool as that might be, at least in theory, it's something that's kind of been done before, you know, and, and Triple H was in the center of the whole evolution thing with uh, Randy Orton and Batista and, and him and, and you know, the whole, you know, the evolution sort of story. So it's kind of been done, but I, I don't know. I mean, and the, the Rumble's going to be an interesting one 
to try and prognosticate when you look at what's going on right now. AJ Styles is out probably. Maybe you get him back by WrestleMania. That's doubtful. Broken ankle. Uh, there's now rumors that Seth Rollins may have re-injured that uh, bad knee of his. Um, that'd certainly be a little bit disturbing at, at this point in time for Seth to re-injure that knee. So uh, it's it's tough to say, you know, who's going to come out of the Rumble. I mean, if Cody's coming back, he's got to be considered a favorite. Uh, if The Rock is going to wrestle uh, Roman at WrestleMania, how does he fit into the whole thing? Sami Zayn would be one of my favorites, certainly to to win this thing. Beyond that, I y'all know, you know, it's 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 uh, I, I, this is what I like about Rumble season when it's kind of wide open like this. On the women's side, you know, that's going to be interesting as well as to who who's going to win. And and you know, you've got Bianca now. Um, now Charlotte is back on top. She's back in in the in the uh, WWE. She shows up on SmackDown. She dethrones Ronda. She's the new SmackDown Women's Champion. Uh, where does this leave Becky Lynch? Where does this leave Bailey? Sasha's not coming back. She's over in Japan and possibly heading to AEW. Who knows? Rumors that Naomi may be coming back to WWE. Um, you know, got Alexa Bliss going through all this stuff with Bray Wyatt. It's women's division is very interesting. But like you heard on this uh, episode. None of us really thought that the women had a particularly strong year. Yes, there are strong moments, um, and there are some good matches, but not like in years past where the women really stole the show. Um, it's not to take anything away from Bianca Belair or or Charlotte or Ronda Rousey or Jamie Hayter, Jade Cargill, anything like that, but it's a little bit of an off year for the women. But yeah, I, I thought the uh, debate that we had about Tag Team of the Year with the Usos and FTR, uh, that that was probably the closest vote that I think we, you know, if we were talking off the record as far as how close those of us who voted for FTR could have voted for the Usos and vice versa, I think that's one where you could have gone either way and no one's going to really look at you sideways and say, oh, terrible choice. So, you know, I thought that was that was really fascinating. We'll see what happens. We'll see where FTR ends up and, and you know, what's going to go down with the Usos. But... Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I like to, I like my rivalry of the year. Got Kenny to switch his pick up with the real world rivalry between CM Punk and, and the elite that completely wiped out a promising wrestling organization, at least kind of, we'll see where that goes from there. But you know, guys, that's going to do it. I'm not going to keep you here any longer. This episode's long enough as it is. It is, uh, this eighth annual swaggy awards in the books. Want to, of course, shout out and thank you. To my boys, my friends, the one and only PC Tunney. Of course, got to have Tunney on again. That's always a good time. Kenny Killeth, so good to have Kenny on the show anytime. Anytime at all, and, and especially this time of year. Uh, AJ Blaz, thank you, AJ, for being on the show. And yes, of course, a big, huge shout-out and thank you to the violent gentleman, Aesop Mitchell, for making his debut on the show and pissing off one PC Tunney massively it was like it was like tony and platt back together again sort of kind of sort of hostile towards each other a little bit in a fun kind of way but you know with hostility on the mind i think that's as good a way as any to leave the eighth annual swaggies with a little hostility i mean this is the attitude of aggression for god's sake so you know of course like i say at the end of all these episodes you stay aggressive and you guys do it with attitude and, you know, we'll see what happens this year. I still got to get back to the Big Four project and get that going. Yeah, hit Aesop up for 
that more often. You know, he's not doing enough podcasts. He's only doing like 10 of them. Maybe he needs an 11th. But that aside, we will try and get something going more regularly here in 2023. I do fully intend on doing that. It's been very busy past few months. But in light of the hostility for the uh, kayfabe hostility, to a certain extent, between Aesop and uh, Tunney, we're going to leave out of here with a little bit of a Pantera because, you know, it's one thing to be aggressive. It's another thing to be fucking hostile. I'll catch you guys soon. Happy New Year. So long. One, two, three, four. Chairshot.com. Always use your head. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.